0: For more than a decade, Saturdays and Illegal Curve have been synonymous with one another. With insight, analysis, and interviews regarding the Winnipeg Jets, the Manitoba Moose, and all around the NHL, here are Dave Manuk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve Hockey Show starts now.
1: Good morning, Winnipeg! good morning manitoba for all those joining us live this morning on our youtube channel and all of our social media platforms we say good morning universe and welcome to the illegal curve hockey show getting your winnipeg jets game day started off right drumendale dave minouk ezra ginsburg with you on this saturday morning all about the Jets, all about the Jets and the Senators. We got two hours of coverage leading up to this afternoon's matinee in the uh, general vicinity of our nation's capital. gentlemen. I agree with the
2: comment that we've got up right there uh, from Stu Smith. Like, it feels like, guys, it's been like a week and a half since the last Jets game. It really does. Like, I realize it's been three days, obviously, between Jets games. But uh, what I'm saying, guys is that I've been craving this Jets afternoon game between the Sens and the Jets.
1: Craving. And anytime as he gets cravings, watch out, folks. Yep. That usually ends ugly for something or I someone. I craved
2: pancakes this morning, and I looked around, and Spencey wasn't around, so I had no pancakes. I'm sorry to hear that.
1: Uh, That's upsetting on uh, multiple different levels. Uh, But uh, yes, the Jets and the Senators, it's a matinee affair. It'll be a 2 o'clock central puck drop, which means post-game show right around 4.45 later on this afternoon. So you start your day with a legal curve, and then you end your afternoon with a legal curve before you do whatever you want to do during your Saturday evening. I thought you were about to say
2: there was going to be an illegal curve sleepover, Drew. I wasn't sure where you're going with that but
1: i was not going anywhere near that concept so (laughs) that's where your brain's at that's your business and your business only Dave, i'm good to see you on this saturday morning how are things you'll talk about the moose a little bit later but uh they they had a victory within their hands and then it was snatched away as their losing streak continues unfortunately
3: i would suggest they gave it away to be honest with you but regardless the moose will be the the final uh final thing we do today so it'll be this show, of course. Then we have the Jets game at two o'clock. We have the IC post game show around what you say four forty, and yeah. then we've got the uh, Moose and Griffins rematch at six o'clock. So uh, we've already given away all those tickets, but we'll have tickets more for the g- the games against Chicago, which are on Tuesday and Wednesday. And I'll, of course, I will actually I'll be doing color on Tuesday night, so you can hear me if you want to listen right to on the radio. There you go. Nice to hear. That's something I'm forward to. So the
1: Jets and the Senators, as we mentioned, uh, the first time these two teams uh, will have played this year, unless the Jets have already played the Senators in Winnipeg, and I forgot, which is entirely possible. Uh, you know, and as as he mentioned, it's been a bit of a it's you know we're into a soft spot in the schedule. Finally, after you know the reason why it seems like it's been so long is because when you play three and four nights, you know for almost two consecutive weeks, it feels as though you're just nonstop with the games and the post games and everything else along those lines. But the Jets have been off the ice since, uh, the, since their victory on Tuesday against the New York Islanders. They had a Wednesday complete the off, an optional on Thursday,
2: then a full skate on Friday. How By the team not? was on the ice, though, Thursday? Dave M., I believe, was there. Yeah. Right? I'm pretty What's sure Dave, said, was Dave an went an to, like, optional. nine practices, and I called Dave out. At one point, he was covering both practices with, like, <laughs> images and video from both practices. I really literally don't know how he does it, but I'm pretty sure, Dave, you attended, like, five or six
3: practices this week. I did. I did. And it was funny though, because, um, I walked into the hockey for all center to cover the moose on, yeah. uh, on Thursday yeah. and, uh, their practice began. I don't remember the time. And it was funny cause I saw a bunch of security guys there and that I know obviously from, from being at the arena. And I said, what are you guys doing here? It's moose practice. You guys are never usually here for, for moose. And then that's when I started to sniff. I got a, I got an inkling that the jets might be around. So then, uh, I watched, I started to watch most moose practice and then about half, I think it started at 10 30. And then I walked over to the other rink uh, at the Hockey for All, and I noticed that the Jets had set up. So I was just curious because we weren't anticipating they thought they'd be off for the two days. And yeah, like as you said, there were there were t- almost ten, uh, 10 Jets plus Jason Kasdorf, the uh, the practice goaltender, who of course as folks will remember was a 2011 sixth rounder, I believe, or seventh rounder. Yeah. But but anyway. I actually
2: remember. Sorry, I'm going to pull some.
3: Huh. are you? Or if your mic dies, it doesn't pull anything. <laughs> His might oh, to
2: have died, so he'll figure it out
3: sooner. There you go, Izzy, now you're good.
2: Not sure what happened there, guys, but uh, Remus and I, I was going to say, we're in St. Paul in 2011, yep. and we actually talked to the Casdor family um, after he was drafted, I think it was the 6th round or the 7th round. I think so, yeah. It was a late-round pick, Yeah. so uh, obviously you know, nice to see him around the Jets organization as well. I just wanted to to get that in there, because it was pretty cool for him being a Manitoba kid and everything like that
3: no for sure and so he was out there and he he helps these teams um whenever they need whether actually it's funny one game one day he actually was with the Moose as the practice goaltender and then switched ranks and was actually the jets practice goaltender so he like me was a busy guy that day and anyways i'm just saying that it was just interesting because i wasn't anticipating that the jets would be uh, skating and sure enough there were 10 guys who were on the ice uh wanting to get their 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 legs going and it was funny I because imagine then, he would be the e-bug by the way for the jets right I think so. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. But but and maybe not always. But generally, I think maybe maybe usually. But I'm not not entirely certain about that. As it's either but, him or Drew. So yeah, and that's right. But, yeah. yeah. But, but what I was gonna say though is that it was just funny though because they were they then Rick Bonus yesterday when he spoke before they left for Ottawa was like well I, yeah you know actually the guys approached me and they wanted to, because I think they he was almost felt like they had been dishonest because he said they were going to be off the ice for two days. And instead some of the guys hit the ice for what, there was no media availability. So we didn't get a chance. I didn't get a chance. Nobody else was there to speak to them, but they, we still, like I said, got an idea that they skated and obviously they wanted to stay sharp and, and get the legs moving. So that's a good thing for the jets.
1: Yeah, you know, and I know you shouldn't read too much into something like that, but I think it is a good sign just how dialed in this team is and, and continues to be as mm-hmm. they, you know, you know reaffirm themselves as one of the top teams in the NHL and, and, and everything else. You know, as we have these last four games really before the All-Star break starting this afternoon in Ottawa, then we know that they go to Boston on Monday and Toronto on Wednesday and then back to Winnipeg on Saturday to wrap up the pre-All-Star break, pre-Buy. Week schedule. This team continues to have that laser focus, and you know there was some talk yesterday when they met after practice about you know the the second half slide last year, and we've you know all said that we don't foresee any vision uh, of that slide. It just doesn't seem like it's in the cards for this team. Well, the as Jets drew weren't number
2: one in the league when it t- comes to goals against, right? Right. That's so a- I mean, right there, that's the huge difference. The special teams we've talked about. I mean, that's still an area of concern bit better even though I'd say over the last few weeks it's been pretty good but you're absolutely right I mean to compare this year's team there's no Blake Wheeler and there's no Pierre-Luc Dubois and the the backup goaltending is my, Maureen Brassois Okay,
1: as he's having some microphone troubles, is, is 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 what I'm finding out is that he's cutting out. So, as he we, will let you deal with those mic troubles uh, briefly here. Well, what I was going to say, Dave, is you know the, the the conversation is ramping up regarding, of course, the trade deadline and additions to the team, and there was you know discussions yesterday about you know the the ability or the you know the the difficulty in acclimatizing a player to the room, and the Jets really you know you know because there's always that debate. You know, do you want to ruin chemistry? Do you want to do any to uh, impact the chemistry of of a team that's going so well and then the Jets sort of poo-pooed that idea because of how strong this team is and uh, in the dressing room so far this year which I certainly uh, you know I I took to mean like the players themselves yes it's going to result in some lineup shuffling and lineup juggling but the players themselves are, are interested in in gearing up for a, a, a lengthy playoff run. That was my sort of uh, read between the lines of, of all that noise from yesterday.
3: Yeah, I think that's a, a fair way of looking at it. And Rick Bonus spoke about that specifically asking about, you know, new players being brought in and whether that could impact the chemistry of this group. And he said, look, this group is going to welcome anyone. So it's mm-hmm. about those new players being adaptable and willing to to jump on to the bandwagon and be part of this team and, and adapt and become, you know, uh, a... I guess what he was suggesting is that this is not a closed room. And for years we've talked about the moose as a open place where anybody could have a voice, whether you're a brand new guy or a 10 year vet. And I think now that's what we're seeing with this jets club is that that is a uh, place where young guys have a voice. The older guys have a voice. I mean, we know that Adam Lowry's a a hell of a good leader and he's going to be the kind of guy who's going to be inclusive and welcoming. And I think, again, I think part of that, you know, again, even though he was only sent to the moose for five games, I think that idea that he knows what it's like to be sent down so he can he can um understand, he can empathize with guys who are on the bubble, you know, like the, the tornados and the actual fielbies, what they're dealing with. That idea of constantly worrying, like, am I doing enough to stay up? And and again, because he's become, you know, such an integral part of an NHL club, he also can speak to the Mark Shifley's and the Colper Perfetti's and, and that sort of thing. So I think this team has become a lot more inclusive. And I think that it's just that idea that, you know, new, as long as people are willing to be part of what the Jets have built here, mm-hmm. then there are no problems. If you want to be an individual, and again, not to say that you can't be, have individual characteristics, you don't have to get rid of your personality. And, you know, there was a good article yesterday, I think, in the Sun, t- as he talking about, you know personalities and alex iafalo and how he's kind of he'll be willing to go and get in the jeep and you know go on a trail and go exploring by himself he loves the outdoors loves the
2: manitoba outdoors i'm not sure if anybody can hear this right now we can hear
1: you you're fine right now we'll tell you if you're not
2: i'm not sure what was going on there because i'm all i'm checking my connections i'm checking my volume so i don't know if there's a ghost in my microphone or what's going on but
3: i'm not certain it could be uh ghosts of 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 holiday pass but regardless i'm just saying that i think that there's a idea that you can still be an individual but you just have to adapt to be willing to play winnipeg jets hockey which has now become an identifiable thing yeah and and as long as you're willing to adapt to that system i don't think the team is going to have any problems absorbing anything anybody new now of course you're going to have to deal with guys who are now in the lineup who may not be in the lineup so you're going to have to you know that's a that's a coach thing but but ultimately, they're, they're I...
2: also around the team. Sorry, Dave. I was going to say, right? Like you, you were at Moose practice. You talked to Billy Haino. A great job, by the way. Try. Tried...
1: Yeah, as a, you're still having trouble, so maybe you should maybe restart your computer or something. I'm not sure what's going on there. I know it's a frustrating uh, occurrence. It's frustrating for everybody.
2: But yeah, you guys. What I'm going to do is I'm going to I'll log out and then I'll come right yeah. back. Okay. okay. Everybody in the idea. chat, don't worry. I'll I'll be right back. I think Drew and Dave, you'll be okay. I, th- I hope so, and
1: we'll see if we let you back in or not. That'll be that'll be the real question mark about it all. Uh, okay. But anyways, we'll try and get EZ's, uh issues resolved there. At least his computer issues. The other ones might take longer and might not be uh, best suited for an, an on air broadcast. But you know, so uh, you can tell that you know as we're getting closer now to the trade deadline, even though it's still you know a number of weeks away, these are the discussions that are occurring. We know that you know the Jets had their pro scouting meetings in uh, Florida. Uh, this past week, Dave, you know, so many of those that's why the that tweet I think went a little bit I don't know if it went viral, but people noticed and were curious as to yeah, why there were so many Tet Scouts at that uh yeah. Panthers Red Wings game. It's because the Jets were down there uh, holding their meetings uh, right. earlier this week. But you know, you're beginning now to sort of narrow down your focus on the targets. And the question is, of course, is it second line center? Is it a depth defenseman? Is it a forward that maybe can play on the wing as well? These are the names. You know, you know the names. the The Sean Monahans, uh, the Adam Henriks. Uh, you know, Chris Tanev, Eli- Elias Lindholm. These are the names that are they're at the forefront of the conversation um but the, the more i sort of consider it the mm-hmm. more i consider it you know the defense to me it would not be necessarily where i would be prioritizing an upgrade right now i hear people saying you know the jets need a defensive defenseman uh and i don't think that's
2: really where, where my like priority Chris Their names are dylan DeMello and dylan
1: I, if, if as he's talking, I can't hear him again. So I don't know as he maybe he's just a... completely restart your computer altogether would be my, my advice at this point. There you go. Um, But, you know, I, I, I don't know that, a, you know, a, unless you are you, you, there needs to be a significant upgrade from my perspective, based on just how good the defense has been playing, you know, you, you know maybe an offensive defenseman to step in and maybe move Neil Pionk down a little bit and, 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 and you know, solidify that second pairing uh, from, the off- uh, from the offensive perspective, Dave, would be a, a course of action. But, mm-hmm. you know, on the back end, just how everything is going so well, I don't know that you necessarily need to, I, I hear, you know, defensive defenseman, defensive defenseman. Well, it just seems to me that those are easier words to say than, than actually mean anything when it comes to acquiring a player.
3: Well, I mean, look, it, it really, I, I think that there's some folks who are talking about Chris Tanev out of Calgary and, and obviously he had some time here with the Manitoba Moose. So, I mean, he would be familiar with the organization and he's a player, I guess that, you know, some folks would be interested in, in acquiring. Um, but again, I, am you know, the question for me is, do you want someone who's going to bump Masnikov down? Kind of like when the Jets in 1718 got Paul Stasny and then, oh, is yeah. my internet now screwing up or am well, I still good? You're good. Okay. No, but anyways, I was going to say when the Jets acquired Paul Stasny and bumped Brian Little, if you remember, down and and then suddenly the Jets were a lot more dynamic in seventeen eighteen. So can the Jets do something similar where they bump Vlad Estnikov mm-hmm. down to fourth line center? And sorry, like Dominic Tonatto, I think has done a very admirable job. But you know, if you get a Vlad Estnikov as your fourth line center and you yeah. bring in a second line center that that solidifies this group, wins face offs. Does the things that this team needs to do, right? I mean that that to me is where you're overall now. I, again, like I said, it's funny how the quote insiders were essentially parroting what Kevin Shovel Dayoff said, and it was all breathless. It was like the Jets need. It was like, are we seriously? Like, are we actually talking about something that's interesting? And and again, oftentimes insiders are t- not telling someone who, and that's that qualifies as us here on the show. That qualifies the people who are watching the show, and you know, general generally jets fans it's more to to uh, you know advise the rest of the league because when they speak you're sitting there going okay but why is that insightful and you know it's not insightful because you pay attention to this stuff so look ultimately the jets are i again i would think is is two C is your upgrade yeah that's your that's your that's your need if you can augment the the right side of your defense and bring someone in like a chris tan of type type doesn't have to be Chris Tanner specifically, and we don't know what Calgary's doing because they went on a bit of a run until they lost the Leafs. But the fact of the matter is that, you know, if you can bring someone in like that with size, with strength, that guy who can play defensive, you know, physical playoff hockey, well, that's not necessarily a bad thing because even though your defense has been good, you always have to think. What I mean, like I said, it's like what happened to the Jets in years past. You lost Josh Morrissey in the playoffs. You lost Mark Scheifele in the playoffs. You have to be able to Sure. You know, if, have something. You're talking about up. injury,
1: injury protection, totally agree. And injury protection is sort of a, it, you know, that that's, you know, you're adding in, uh, you know, another depth defenseman that may or may not necessarily be in your lineup on a regular basis. And teams always are interested in doing that and they pay a very low price for a guy who is largely you'd never expect to be in your lineup come playoff time you know in an ideal
3: world you
1: know you're Isn't talking about joe seven... morrow
3: the big acquisition in seventeen eighteen? well and you know what he, he, had overtime, uh, he, he the didn't get the... <laughs> the overtime game winner no. in
1: game one he got the no because the game didn't go to overtime he got it was a third period goal he scored oh, the jets okay. were down one nothing to minnesota then i think he's i don't remember if he got the tying goal right now or if he got the winning goal but, but i, I mean yes. the winning goal Yo, know, it was it was bizarre that of all people it was Joe Morrow to get yeah. you know to get the Jets. It was uh, not Joe Mama, it was Joe Morrow. There you go. Um, <laughs> you know, but you know, again, I look at this Jets team and you can sort of see, you know, you have an offensive defenseman with a defensive defenseman. So if you're upgrading on the defensive defenseman side, are you t- you know, is Chris Tenev, you know, or you know, if he's the name, and I'm just saying, you know, is he the name? What's yeah, is, is he an upgrade if you want a, an offensive guy with a defensive guy is he an upgrade over samberg or dylan because he's not necessarily you know replacing anybody he's not doing anything offensively so mm-hmm. you know how is that changing the dynamic of your defense that's what i'm concerned about all this talk about the jets need a defensive defenseman if you actually look at the defensive defensemen that are on their team that'd be de mm-hmm. that would be samberg that would be dylan
3: those three guys
1: have been performing pretty admirably. I don't know, Drew Brendan,
3: Brendan Dillon's a pretty good uh well, he's pretty a good sniper scorer. this year.
1: Yeah. But you know, you know, if you know, but if you're looking to maybe upgrade the offensive an offensive defenseman, you know, and all due respect to Nate Schmidt, who I think is playing better hockey since he was sat down for those number of games, you know, maybe all of a sudden you're getting somebody to be that second pairing offensive defenseman and that maybe moves Pionk down a little bit so that his chaos isn't necessarily in a second line defense or in a second pairing role more. It's more in a third pairing role and that's how you're upgrading uh, on the back end. I mean, yes, Sean Walker, certainly a name, Uh, that has been talked about and he's certainly more of an offensive minded defenseman he's a good skater he's a good puck mover and we know how much of an emphasis rick bonus has been placing on puck movement and 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 offense from the defense you know in the course of his two years here uh as jets head coach we welcome ezzy back and hopefully the microphone can you hear me boys we can hear you now yeah so hopefully hopefully
2: a computer restart helped so uh just on the topic, obviously, I wasn't listening to the last, you know, five minutes or whatever. Sean Walker, the Flyers are second in the Metro. Yeah, exactly. Right? So, like, all this talk of guys like Travis Kinnett, like, why would you make any moves right now? And you can make the same argument for the Jets, who have been on this incredible points sp- point streak that was only upset by the Philly Flyers, right? But, you know, some of the names that Drew th- throughout recently, I think, are absolutely in play. I'm not sure if you mentioned Brock Nelson. Brock Nelson is a guy, guys, to me, would be at the top of my list. I've kind of gotten a little off the Sean Monaghan bandwagon. I mean, I think Monaghan would be a good acquisition for the Jets. Mm -hmm. Entire career he's played for the Devils. Um, But to me, like Sean Monaghan and Adam Henrique are in the second tier, whereas I have Brock Nelson in the top tier. And at the end of the day, guys, it all depends on what do the Jets have to give up? And, and again, I'm not sure if you guys were talking about Elias Lindholm, for example. Not yet. But if anybody thinks the Jets are going to get Elias Lindholm without giving up a first-round pick and a prospect, they're it's kidding them. themselves. But it's too big of a price. I mean, that, but that's what going, I'm saying, Drew.
3: Like, he's going to Colorado or Denver. I think
2: Adam Henrique. I'm
3: mean, sorry, or Boston.
2: Adam Henrique, you can probably get for a second-round pick. Yeah, Sean Monaghan, you-, you could probably get for a second-round pick. Brock Nelson, Yeah. I think you would have to give up, give up a first-round pick and a prospect isn't Brad Lambert, it's probably a guy like Chaz Lucius or maybe a Vili Hanela. I think Rutger McGroerty is an untouchable guy. I've said that before. I think Rutger McGroerty has such a high ceiling. You know, he could be a 60 to 80 point guy in the NHL and a future captain, possibly. For those who don't know, he just captained uh, Team USA to the uh, gold at the 2024 World Juniors in Sweden, right? So I'm just saying Brock Nelson is a guy, if he's available, Nelson's a yeah. guy that uh, really intrigues me. Um, as far as Chris Tanev, another guy, I think Toronto really is after him from reports that we've heard. Right? I think there's probably going to be Dave, you know, a handful of teams that are going to be inquiring about Chris Tanev. But Calgary is also in a playoff race right now. Calgary exactly. is not, not out of, a, of it. But no, they,
1: I mean, if if they're being honest with themselves, they're they're not they're not what I they shouldn't be holding on to players that have well, true. that have. Uh,
3: but how much interest? do they look like the Jets from last year? Right. Where they're 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 the top two players right now on the trade bait boards are both of theirs. And they're a team that looks like they could maybe sneak in and possibly be like an eighth seed in the playoffs. I'm not saying they're going to. But right. I'm just and saying that they're, they're like, like a... three
2: points out of a wild card spot.
3: Right. But then they're done
1: in five games. So, I mean, again, it's, it's well, you know, look, I, I, if you're Calgary, would you, you rather have... make the playoffs or miss the playoffs? Well, if you're the ownership, you'd, uh, you, and if you're the players, you'd obviously rather make the playoffs. I mean, but the all I'm saying is,
2: you... is that I think the price tag for Lys Lindholm is going to be very high. I, I, and I, I think, think I there's think. going to be a lot of teams. I'm just saying this seems to happen often when the jets are in first place in the division, Jets fans want all the top players on the trade bait board. It's just not going to happen. It's unrealistic. When does it ever happen? Except I, Paul I Stastny don't... was not that guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, Look, I mean, I don't think it's a function of
1: of, of any the Jets. I think most Jets, you know, uh, observers would would agree that the price on Elias Lindholm is too high to pay. Uh, you know, given the the options. And remember, you know, when when the Jets did acquire Paul Stastny. He mm-hmm. came out of nowhere. No one ever had ever really bandied about his name, which you know, speaks to Kevin Sheveldayoff's ability to sort of uh, you know, maybe fly a little bit under the radar and target yeah. players, Dave, that aren't yeah. necessarily a- at the forefront. Because I think that Elias Lindholm is probably a bit of a non-starter, uh, at least given the price that Calgary would be asking for him. And I don't think the Jets should pay that either. No. I just don't think – th- I think there's better options at a lower price than, than Elias Lindholm, Dave.
3: No, I, I mean, I think you're absolutely right, and I think again, like I said earlier, I, I to me, he's a Boston or Colorado target, despite mm-hmm. the fact that Colorado's pretending like you know Gabe Landeskog is going to come back after not playing for two years, but he's I, I not really do no, and so uh, to me, it's it's more just you know uh, like again, we don't see Kevin Shevelday off big game hunting, and that's not to say he can't get a good player because Paul Stasny, as we've we've spoken about and as everyone in 2017 18 remembers. He was, he was a significant ad uh, at the trade deadline and he was a significant piece in that jets run. So uh, that's, I suspect where he's going to go again. And that's what he's going to do again is try and, you know, go off the board and, you know, not necessarily the Sean Monahan's, but like you guys said, like, you know, maybe an Adam Henrique out of Anaheim and I'm with as like, it's hard to, and I, it's interesting because when you watch Philadelphia you know, and folks are, are, are picking apart guys that they want to acquire and, you know, Travis Sanheim and, 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 and Walker and all these other players, but it's tough to see, you know, how the going to do that. But at the same time, if you listen to what John Tortorella said, and not that we're big John Tortorella guys here, but he did speak the other day um, on, I think it was CSN Philly maybe, but regardless, he spoke and he essentially said, look, we have a plan. So even though we're currently probably a little bit ahead of schedule, there's kind of a, like a long-term vision in Philly, and I wonder if there still will be pieces that are dealt, even though they are currently, you know, as as he says, a, a, a strong team right now and a playoff team. I do wonder if because they've got they're trying to execute the long-term vision, they're willing to trade some pieces. So there, look, I, I think that we what we've seen from Kevin Sheveldayoff again. I mean, I would would anybody in the chat, and we can get the chat involved here. Would anybody in the chat before we bring on Paulie Edmonds be surprised if the Jets? Upgrade at two C and augment their defense with a nope. right shot defenseman. No, nope. I mean I don't
1: think I and is that, here's, here's a name. Your mic still cuts out, Ezzy. I don't know what's going on with the mic today, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, well, we're I mean, gonna do
3: a li- we're gonna do a little mic swap in the. Uh... You guys hear me now?
1: Yeah. yeah you know. I'll tell you what. Why don't we do this? Paul Edmonds is gonna join us from Ottawa, where he's go- of course gonna call today's Jets Senators game. So why don't we head to our first commercial break of the morning? Dave is gonna be uh, Mister IT Fix it and see if well, uh, we try. can uh, try out something to do with Ezzy's mic, and we'll get back to talking about the Jets with Paul Edmonds in a couple minutes. It is the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. It's a Saturday morning. Drew Mendel. Dave Manuk, Ezra Ginsberg with you. We're live on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms. 930 in the morning. Welcome back to the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Dave and Ezzy working on some technical difficulties. So you're stuck with me right now until we bring on our good friend Paul Edmonds coming up in a couple of moments time. Some Winnipeg Blue Bombers news on this Saturday morning just announced the Bombers have re-signed Drew Wolotarski to a two-year contract. He was a pending uh, unrestricted free agent. Uh, and of course now he is going to be a member of the Bombers for two more years. Canadian receiver Drew woltarsky returning to the Bombers. With that uh, brief interlude out of the way, we are pleased to welcome to the program the voice of the Winnipeg Jets on CJOB and Power 97, our good friend Paul Edmonds joins us. Paulie, now what, hang on. Is there actually things written on those pieces of paper or is it just for
0: <laughs> You know, there used to be a saying about when you had that office environment to make sure that if you're walking around, you'll carry some papers around, right? Because right. it makes it look like you... You're working or doing something important. Uh, No, that was actually my format. I was just kind of putting my format back together and getting ready for the broadcast today at 2 o'clock Central, 3 o'clock Eastern where I'm at.
1: There you go, Paulie, joining us from uh, the vicinity of our nation's capital. As I'm pretty sure, if you look out your hotel room in Canada, you cannot see Parliament Hill. But uh, nonetheless, the Jets and the Senators will do battle uh, this afternoon on Hockey Day in Canada. So, always a nice little uh, salute to hockey in this country uh, with today's broadcast. There, Mr.
0: Edmonds. Actually, we're not in Canada anymore. Uh, The last uh, two years, this year, including. Uh, We've stayed downtown, which is nice. And last year, I got to kind of peruse around the Parliament buildings. Uh, It's been a pretty quick trip in here today, and then we're going to get back out to Boston after the game's done. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a really nice place. I mean, listen... Anybody that tells you that they don't have snow and it's not cold here is lying because it actually is, uh, there's probably more snow here than back home. Mm -hmm. And it was a little chillier than it was when we left yesterday because the wind was nasty when we got off the plane. So uh, really, Winnipeg's got nothing on Ottawa or vice versa when it comes to the weather.
1: No question about it. I spent a few years in, in Ottawa uh, many a moon ago, and it was certainly not warm, and it was certainly uh, snowy as well. There's Dave Emmett decided to join us back as we're trying to resuscitate <laughs> Ezi and or his computer <laughs> simultaneously. You know, we're, it's you know, not working maybe. so well. Yeah, no. Dave is a man of many talents. We'll see if he's able to pull this one off. Uh, Paul, he obviously brought you on. We haven't spoken to you really that much. I mean, off air we of course chat. We haven't had you on the show. I talk to Paul almost while. every day. What are you talking about? That's what I said off air. On air we haven't had the opportunity to chat with him. That you know, at least in a couple of months' time. I think since the uh, since the Fan Fest you joined as a Fan Fest, though so mm-hmm. that was at the beginning. It's amazing where this team has gone in those uh, four months since Fan Fest. You know, you know, always uh, optimism. You know. it, it early in a year before the season starts, uh, but now the results of that uh, optimism paying off, and this team is now sky high towards the top of the NHL standings. Just being around the team night in and night out, Polly. I mean, you just must get, feel the vibe and the belief that they have for one another as they've been embarking on this journey.
0: You know, and I think that extends to the fan base and then certainly broadcasters. You just get a feeling when you're watching this team all the time, and certainly this isn't a company line, and it's just made up, but... You know, there's always a time where they've gotten behind by a goal and they get to the middle of the second period they're still behind and they're they're patient they're playing their game mm-hmm. they've talked about that for the last couple of years to make sure that they're comfortable in an uncomfortable situation but there's always been the belief now that has permeated through this room and by extension everybody that follows or or watches this team that they're not out of it i mean there's games where You know, you used to feel a few years ago where they fell behind by a goal or two and it probably was going to be lights out. Not with this group. They seem to find a way to grind right through the 60 minutes, as cliche as that is, um, their their ability to play any way you want them to play, I think, is unique with this group as well. I mean, if you want to go up and down the ice and pass the baton and and skate the 5 by 200 they can do that um, and try to outskill you. If you want to grind it out along the walls or in the corners, they can certainly play that game. They're tough. They're team tough. Um, and then they've got the combination of if you want to do all of that in the game, in a 60-minute hockey game, they can do that. So... Yeah, it's been interesting this year to follow this team. Uh, I like the way they're uh, they're situated. I don't think it's any fluke that they're fighting for first place. And two points back with a couple of games in hand on Vancouver. And and Boston's right in there as well. And you're going to get to see them coming up on Monday. That should be an interesting game, not looking too far ahead, gentlemen. Because I know Boston wasn't very happy about uh, coming in before the holiday break and, and getting kind of... Uh, curb stomped by the Jets uh, in their last game before Christmas and and the holidays. So there's probably looking, uh, are the Boston Bruins for some redemption and a little revenge when they get at home against uh, Winnipeg. But this game here this afternoon is going to be important. I think one of the things that the Jets have done so well is not looking past an opponent where they are in the standings versus where the Jets are in the standings. And I think case in point, uh, Drew, David, and I think as he's joined us now, is when you look back at that that last California trip and, and the Jets were able to take care of their business against teams like Anaheim, San Jose, and then certainly Arizona, who's fallen below the playoff line
3: as well. You know, Paul, one of the things that Rick Bonus was asked about yesterday was the idea of absorbing new players. And how is the culture going to handle that? And can the chemistry be thrown off because... You know, they they're adding something new to this mix. And I thought his answer was very interesting because he basically talked about that idea of, you know, how this team can absorb anyone. So what did you what do you think about that? His response, but also just the general team's ability to be able to take a new player in uh, or two if they are getting added by Kevin Shovel Day
0: Dave, I want to read you a couple of quotes that I, in the last couple of weeks that have come up from both Kevin Sheveldayoff and certainly from Rick Bonus. yesterday. I mean, uh, Kevin said not that long ago, um, you know, it's always about fit. If there's not a fit. You shouldn't do something, I think was his quote uh, yesterday when they were talking about, you know, chasing success. Uh, you know, elite teams are driven by the room. And not by the coach. And mm. I'm not worried about the room accepting anybody. The issue would be the character we're bringing in, was the quote from Rick Bonus yesterday. So I think what that says is that both upper management and the coaching staff and the players to a degree are well situated mentally for understanding the type of player that needs to come in. Certainly, if you're going to make a move and, and, divulge some assets to another organization to get a highly skilled player it has to be the right fit for these guys right you you don't want to upset what you've got in terms of the chemistry of what exists right now for the sake of trying to get this this piece out there that you think is going to put you over the top you know sometimes maybe the best move is to not make a move at all and i think that's what they're sort of saying here is if it's a fit we're going to do it We're going to certainly look at an area or two that we might need to upgrade. But if there's no fit there, we're quite prepared to go with what we have.
1: Yeah, which I think speaks to the confidence that the that the they have within the team and how they don't want to upset the apple cart, uh, you know that that old expression, you know, in in keeping a good thing rolling, uh, given where the Jets currently reside in the standings and where the play has dictated that they should be, you know, throughout the course of the season. Paul Edmonds, Winnipeg Jets broadcaster for Power ninety seven CJOB, is our guest. He'll call the Jets and the Senators later on this afternoon. You know, Paulie. Uh, it, it, it's sort of, you know, we've been watching this team for so many years now. And, you know, all of us have in all of our various roles that we've, that we've held, but the current streak that they're on with the, you know, I think it's now 33 straight games with three goals or less. You know, to me, I don't think that this is really getting spoken about enough, uh, you know, throughout the league and just how impressive this achievement is. This isn't just, you know, Human nature is that you're going to have a letdown where you might give up two goals and then a fluky third one gets in or something like that. To go the length of time that they've gone with not giving up basically anything more than two goals in regulation time, to me, is one of the more impressive team achievements of recent memory in the NHL.
0: I think it speaks to the commitment of their defensive scheme that's improved from the start of last year to where they are now. And, you know, Dave, you talked about what Rick was talking about yesterday when he addressed the media before the team got on the plane about the fit in a possible, you know, amalgamation of a couple of guys in here to to tell, kind of help the team. Uh, there was also questions about that you know drew that were their posed yesterday as well mm-hmm. and you know Rick talks succinctly about the fact that this just didn't start at the start of this year it all started last year when they brought in their new scheme their new plan on how they were going to play defense and that's Rick Bonus and associate coach Scott Arneil. you know masterminding their their defensive systems and and I think part of it is uh, they get up the ice and they pressure so it's not just about falling back inside their own blue line and then defending there but the one thing that i found interesting was that you know a couple of times last year they were talking about well the team would kind of default back to the way they played before they're not doing that anymore mm-hmm. and i think because it's become more ingrained what's more ingrained well the style of play that the coaching staff wants this group to play with and we all know this because we've all played sports uh, none of us very well but we've all played when when you just react and play and don't think, you're a much better player than you are when you have to. When you have to think, and when you think, you slow down. And one of the things that the Jets have not done this year is slow down when they played, because I think that the system, the 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 ability to absorb it and then just go out and not have to think about it, has helped them. And listen, you've got a great goaltender, a very good one-two punch uh, when it comes to your goaltending, and it really starts from there. Um, but I tell people that want to ask that question about thirty three straight games of three goals or less and and what they've been able to do in in December and January with a record of seventeen, two, and two in the combined you know six or seven weeks. It's just you know, unthinkable when you were going into this, wondering how this team was going to do. But it's the pressure up the ice. It's the ability to defend, not just in your own zone, but defend when you don't have the puck, whether that's in the opposing zone, in the neutral zone, or your own zone. And I think another quote that Rick had was, we're not the biggest team, but we're a pressure team. And I think that speaks to what they want to do when it comes to not having the puck and defending without it.
2: Good morning, Paulie. I apologize for not (laughs) being here for the beginning of the interview. Something, there was a ghost in my microphone. I mean, Paulie, you know better than anybody uh, about broadcasting, sometimes stuff like that happens. Uh, I'm we tried a second mic now. I'm back to the original Yeti mic, so I hope I'm coming in clear here, and I hope I don't uh, cut out. Well, I guess defer to the chat if uh, there's any issues. But uh, so I didn't hear the first couple questions, Polly, But I wanted to ask you about, and I, I obviously you know there's seven weeks to go before the trade deadline, um, so a lot of people are talking about you know the the names out there, Elias Lindholm, you know Chris Tanev. You've heard of all the names out there, Sean Monahan. But I I look at a guy like Dominic Toninato, and he's a perfect example of me, to me, of how, not just how good the Jets' forward depth is 1 through 12, but how good it is 1 through 16, right? Because last game against the Islanders, you had Dominic Toninato fitting in quite nicely on that third line, I think you'd agree. You know, everyone's talking about maybe the Jets need a, you know, a bottom nine winger or a 2C, everything like that, but... You've got David Gustafson, who's the only other injured player, in addition to Mark Scheifele. You've got Axel Janssen-Fialbi, who's now, I guess, the quote-unquote 13th forward. Like, it's just amazing to me. I guess, can you just talk about how amazing it's been to just see any guy that comes up from the Moose or, or any other position just to, seems to fit in so nicely? And also, just specifically, Toninato, who's only played, I think, nine or ten games with the Moose. Um, And I think he's into, what, six or seven now with the Jets. I forget exactly how, how long it is, but... I mean, it just it just seems like the Jets can... They never seem to let injuries be an excuse for them. Well, first
0: off, does the Yeti mic hold the heat? That's, yeah, that's is, funny. It does? Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> it does? Okay, good.
2: My um, wife, Naomi, always gets these Yeti mugs and then she ends up losing them a month later. I'm like, you're wasting $50, Naomi, but she continues to get them. So.
0: I have been thoroughly impressed with Dominic Tony Toninato and and his ability to jump back up again. Uh, you wondered. You know, there was that year, it was during the taxi squad year. He came up and played two games during the COVID season and the speed was what jumped out at me. And then he ended up playing for the majority of the next year and then kind of not disappeared, but kind of fell off the the bottom of the depth chart on the on the Jets and then ended up going to the Moose and has been a really good soldier there. I, I just the ability for him to re-sign and they really liked it that being Um, Dom's family and and Dom in in Winnipeg and the you know if you're going up and down you might as well be in the same place you know I think there's an advantage to that Uh, very few teams have that going on I mean Winnipeg and San Jose with the Barracuda have had that going on for a number of years but uh, one thing that, that Dom's done is he's become, a, I think, a complete pro. You know, he's he's now 30 years old. He understands his role. He's accepted the role that he's maybe going to be that bubble guy. But right now he hasn't been. He's got the best face-off percentage on the team at 51%. I mean, and and how do you know how valuable he's become in a short period of time under rick bonus since this recent call-up rick bonus has got him in the last five minutes the last three minutes the last two minutes taking defensive zone face-offs right just for the face-off coming over the boards and doing that and then vaulting him into the third line well the absence of mark shifley still has created a hole but you know, you've moved everybody up the depth chart. And this has been great for Dominic Tony Natto. I just, I like there's a success story here that I think we all cheer for. But to speak to the depth as you, that you're talking about, I mean, go back a number of years and Paul Maurice said, and I think in his early tenure as the Jets head coach, he said, we'll finally arrive as an organization when we have others pushing in from our minor league affiliate. And that's what you're seeing with with the Jets. I mean, through and through, all the way down to the moose, there's guys that can just step in because they play the same system. Uh, they're coached that way. Uh, the two coaching staffs are on the same page. Uh, and, I mean, there's a real good symbiotic relationship between the two of them. So a guy like Dom comes up and doesn't have to really, again, think about what he's doing. He just reacts to it. And it's been, I think, part of why you might tread lightly when it comes to the addition of somebody else at the deadline because of some of the players that you have. Like, do you want to squeeze a uh, Dominic Nato out? I don't know. I mean, the way he's playing, he's probably earned a job for this time going forward. Not to mention the fact that, there is a Minnesota connection on this team, and he fits in very well with that. There is a UMD connection with the, all the Bulldogs they have, and he fits in very well with that. It's all about the room, and we don't hear about the clickiness of the room anymore. Everybody gets along, everybody hangs with everybody. And I think Dominic Tony Nato is just one of those guys. A uh, great story. Uh, we want to cheer for him, but he's playing real well ever since the recall from the Moose
2: and paul he's actually gotten into 11 games with the jets and he's got 5 points so you're absolutely right it's not like he's just a seat filler like i am on the illegal curve hockey show he's actually <laughs> playing really well
0: well he also hit a post in chicago in his first game right yeah. that was on the 27th he got the recall and and ended up playing and you know he's been around a few more times guys than just the 11 games and there's been a, a number of healthy scratches and again i am talking about how you know the maturity level of a guy that understands his role, uh, knows that he just needs to be ready. The time is going to come. Something's going to happen. Somebody's going to get hurt and get bumped, bruised, nicked up, and there's going to be an opportunity. And he's just waited for that opportunity. And um, he's, you know, the other thing is, you know, an American guy that's real happy to play in Winnipeg. And you know, I'm happy to kind of report that stuff because I think that we have this this vision or this this thought that that's not the case, and it really, in reality, is that guys. And players want to play in Winnipeg. Part of it is they're winning, but it's the renewed culture that I think exists within the organization and the team right now as well that isn't attractant.
3: Well, and Paul, I think a little there was a little tell yesterday at practice for those who were paying attention because all the players were wearing their regular jerseys. Dom Toninata was wearing the Fly the 48s, which they'll be wearing when the Leafs come back to town. So he's working in his Fly the 48s because he didn't play in the game against Carolina, but he was the only player wearing them Yesterdays in practice so he was look at that i'm pretty
1: sure that's analytics by dave Manuk right there folks
3: <laughs> you don't need numbers he's just doing jersey analysis i was looking at equipment drew equipment analysis right there so maybe that's a little bit of a tell but anyways paul i want to ask you about the the captain of this team adam lowry and we talk about culture and we know it starts with him and we we're not we're not here to to look backwards we're just looking forwards as as rick bonus often says so what have you seen from adam lowry uh, and again, I, it's not a huge deviation from, I think what we saw from him throughout his years, he was always had a big voice, but now as captain, what have you seen from him through the first half of this season? This may
0: sound strange, Dave and, and guys, but he hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing that I've seen from Adam Lowry. There's been no change in the way he plays on the ice, uh, the way that he is led, whether he's had a letter or not, and the way that he treats people around the team. There's been no change whatsoever. The only change is maybe he's had a more responsibility in talking after games or practices or or being a go-to guy, but he's always been a really good quote. He's always been approachable, so there's been no change. But I think that just allowing him to kind of have a, a voice and then him being more inclusionary, and I know there's different sort of versions of that word, but inclusionary meaning you know, it's how you bring others along, I think, is the definition of a true leader. If you can bring everybody into it, that's how you lead. And you have to not just the first five or 10 guys, but the 23rd, 24th and 25th player on the team needs to feel part of it, needs to feel valued. And that inclusion, I think, is is what Adam's been able to do this year as the captain, but not a lot of change in his demeanor, in his character, the way he plays. And that's the biggest telltale for me that, you know, he all of a sudden just didn't put the C on his lapel and he he had to feel like he had to change and be somebody that he wasn't. And he's just been everything for this team. I mean, again, I mean, I think he embodies what I was talking about in that sort of first answer that, as you missed, um and i can kind of repeat it and that is and it was genius yes (laughs) that's why again my apologies paulie i'm gonna blame the blame the technology i'm gonna blame the sure mics just a quick shot to you no i mean he embodies what the winnipeg jets are and how they play do you want to go up and down the ice and play that skilled game i mean he can do that because he can skate do you want to play grind it out along the wall and in the corners, and, and in in front of the net, and get get to the greasy areas like his line of Appleton and Niederreiter. For the most part this year, has been able to drive. They can do that. Uh, do you want to play tough? You know, Adam Lowry can do that as well. You know, hold. You know, just hold it. Hold my beer, guys. I'm going to take care of this. Right. That's the kind of attitude that he's had, and and he's fun at practice too. Like there was a time where not that long ago they were having some three on three games and fooling around and he scored a goal, and I think he turned around and chirped the other team, the other trio, and said, see it center ice, boys, you know? (laughs) know? And so that's the kind of thing that brings everybody in. Uh, But he is the exemplary example of what Winnipeg is this year, and they're led by a great guy who comes by it, honestly. We always talk about his dad. I've had the opportunity to meet Elaine, his mom. And let me tell you, she had a big influence on Adam as well in a positive direction through all those years when Jungle Dave was playing pro hockey, there was Elaine and four kids at home, and she's got her stamp all over Adam as well.
1: Paul Edmonds, our guest Saturday morning. This is the Illegal Curve Hockey Show later on this afternoon. The Jets and the Ottawa Senators from the nation's capital, which means the post game show right around 4.45pm or so. There are about a couple minutes on either side. You know, Paulie, looking at today's game against the Senators, uh, we we know that it's been a very disappointing year in Ottawa. This is a team that was maybe uh, a trendy playoff pick. Well, that certainly hasn't come to fruition and isn't going to come to fruition. but at the same time, it's not a team that is devoid of talent by any stretch of the imagination. You know, you look at the top of their lineup, especially up front. They got some real interesting guys who know how to put the puck in the net. The names of Stutzla and Giroux and Brady Kachuk and Drake Batherson; those guys are putting up points. Today's game, you know, when you're playing, if you're the Jets and you're playing against the Senators team, that is pretty freewheeling, doesn't really have a, a, a solid structure in how they play. You know, how, how sort of additionally important is it for the Jets to make sure that they are, are are paying attention to their details in order to combat that sort of loosey-goosey style that the Senators like to employ?
0: Well, I think that's even going to be more uh, loosey-goosey because, and not necessarily without structure, but they're playing... Um, that they don't have to worry about having that additional pressure, right? Right. Um, So let me start with with what you sort of mentioned in your preamble to the question, Drew, and that is what a disappointment this year has been in Ottawa. I'm totally with you. I thought – whether they were going to get into the playoffs or not, I thought they would be pushing all the way through till mm. maybe the end of March, early April to, to kind of be in the fight. I mean, they're nowhere close They're 19 points out of a playoff spot at this point. <laughs> it's over. Like it's, it's over for this right. year. And they've had all kinds of turmoil. Um, certainly the Shane Pinto thing, him holding out and then the gambling issue and he won't play today. He's mm-hmm. serving the last game of a of a forty one game suspension, a half a season, and he will be able to play tomorrow against Philadelphia as Ottawa goes back to back. But that starts things, right? When you don't have all your ducks in a row and and guys having some consternation with a contractor, and then you you fire the GM, you fire the coach, you bring in a new host of. Of people to to be your administrative group but the team sells in the offseason and you know so it's just been kind of a I don't want to call it a mess but a lot of things and a lot of turmoil here and just the disappointment on the ice I mean there's a there's enough here that I think that you have to think that at some point they're going to get this turned around you can't have Brady Kachuk and Stutzla and Shabbat and some of these defensemen that moved the puck in the back end and, and some of the players that they have up front without thinking years ago to the Winnipeg Jets as a younger version when Nikolai Ehlers and Mark Scheifele and Kyle Connor and Josh Morris were finding their way into this league. Well, you never had a season like this, you know, what's going on in Ottawa. But the Jets have done a very good job of taking care of their own business. And I think one of the motivating factors is, at least for today, is you know, you've got a lot of Ontario guys on this team, they're coming back home. You know, I just think of Gabe Villardi, he's got family in from Kingston. Uh, Dylan DeMello is from Ontario, he played here. Mark Shifley is from Ontario, he won't play, but you know, there is some connection to this province, and all eyes will be on this group. It's on nationally televised Hockey uh, Day in Canada. Um, and you're fighting for first place. If there wasn't any other motivation, you're fighting for first place. and That's a nice feather in your cap. So you need these two points. And as we talked about with that California trip recently, the Jets have done a very good job of, of not overlooking their opponent and making sure that they don't play down to anybody. Mm-hmm. And they've been very consistent in their own game. But I'm right with you. It's been a horrible year for the Ottawa Senators. And I think there was much bigger expectations than where they are currently sitting.
2: And we should mention, Paulie, that the Senators actually score more goals than the Jets. They're ninth in the league at 3.4 goals a game. The Jets are at 3.33. So we're talking about a pretty – the Jets are 12th, I believe. But I just wanted to throw that out there. I mean, I'm not sure how many people saw what Tim Stutzla did against Montreal. The Sens won their last game 6-2. Feel free to use that on CGOB Power 97, by the way, Pauly.
0: Um, <laughs> well, I'll use this one. The Jets, okay, conversely – are the only team, the last man standing, if you will, that hasn't allowed triple digits in goals against. Yes. They're still at ninety-nine. That could change today. But it tells you about the commitment to defense and how stinged they are in giving up any goals against. Well, so, Paul, I'm uh, sure
2: I'm pretty sure the Sharks gave up ninety-nine goals in their first four games. So it's <laughs> uh, it's it's pretty incredible. And, you know, I just wanted to stick with, you know, obviously the Senators matchup. Tonight, And, you know, Drew mentioned, you know, some of the names, you know, Drake Batherson, he's on pace for a career year. Um, obviously, we know Brady Kachuk is an incredible player. Uh, I don't think Josh Norris is playing, uh, Paulie, I think he's been skating, but I th- I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think Norris is playing tonight. Um, but I wanted to ask you about Jacques Martin, because he's the winningest coach in Sens history. And And the question I wanted to ask you is, are you surprised that there wasn't any kind of bump there? Because they've actually gone the other direction. You know, they're, they're in last place in the Eastern Conference. I think fourth last in the entire league. I mean, like Jacques Martin um, obviously has the pedigree, uh, and you got Daniel Alfredson there now by his side as an assistant. But are you surprised that there wasn't any kind of Jacques Martin effect with this team? Because it seems like, like I said, they not, not only have they not improved, they've actually gotten worse in terms of all the metrics.
0: Yeah, 71 years old and, and back coaching again. 10 years with the Sens, over 700 games coached with the Senators, and he's been around a long time. You know, I think today is uh, his 1309th game in the National Hockey League. You always think when you make a coaching change that you're going to get that coach bump, right? And you haven't seen it. Maybe it's latent with this group in Ottawa. um, But they wanted to, I think, get back to a a more mature veteran-type coach with the younger group that they have and. Believe me, when you go through this roster and and you see some of these players, there's still a lot of young guys here, right? And I mean, your captain's 24 years old, Mm -hmm. um, and Bertie Kachuk. So, you know, from that standpoint, uh, I just think that you're looking for the ultimate leader that's maybe not a guy that's putting equipment on, but that has been around a, a few NHL wars. And that's the reason that Jacques Martin is, has been asked to coach again. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm a little shocked that they, they haven't had that coach bump. I guess we'll see what happens. It will be an interesting second half in Ottawa with all of what's going on with Steve Stales and Dave Poulin and, and the administrative uh, people that they brought in. And, and again, with Jacques Martin and Daniel Alfredson, um, they're trying to, I guess, rekindle some of their alumni. And I don't have a problem with that. I think that when you reach into your, your group of alumni and, and can pull them back through the organization, it's not about recycling guys. It's about understanding that some of those years that you had all those great successes with those teams that used to battle Toronto in the playoffs, that you're, you're trying to bring some of that back. And and fans, I think, gravitate to that as well. So we'll see what happens in Ottawa. But you'd like to see some progress as they go along this year and not to make it a completely wasted season. They're not going to make the playoffs. But boy, if they can have a little bit of a run toward the end or, or play above the NHL 500 mark, I think would be the goal at this stage because at this point, you know, they're eight games under it.
1: Hey, Paulie, don't count. Uh, look, if the Senators get a regulation victory tonight, they tie the Leafs in number of regulation wins so far this year. So that's important
0: <laughs> for them. You know, the interesting part, and, and that sure is important. Well, one thing Ottawa's going, got going for them is they have not lost a game in overtime or a shootout this year. It's crazy. I mean, when you look at 16, 24, and zero. Yeah. So, I mean, for if you're a betting person, and if you see this game getting into the later stages where it's tied, uh, I want to see what Winnipeg does if we get into overtime. Or you heard it here first,
2: 3-2 Jets in overtime, according to Paulie Edmonds. <laughs> and that would be the
0: first <laughs> loss for the Ottawa Senators in that situation. So we'll see what happens. But, yeah, for, in terms of Josh Norris, I know he's missed four games, As he? I got a funny feeling he's going to play today. Interesting.
1: Okay. He, well, he, he had there.
2: an amazing year last year. And I, I, I'm pretty sure he missed like the three first three or four games of the season, Paulie. So he's had, I, I, like he, he his numbers are offensive numbers. You'd look at them and, you know, they would be off from, from last year. But he's a really good player.
0: So 12 goals this year. I mean, yeah. you know, missing four games. So we'll see what happens. I, I've always liked him. I, I always thought that he was a power play threat as well and and has been since he came into the league. So, you know, another good piece that Ottawa has, just have to keep the guy healthy.
3: Now, Paul, i got to ask you about Vlad Domestikov's comments yesterday because I thought they were interesting when he was asked about, uh, I think by Sean Reynolds, about whether he, you know, embracing the idea of being a Stanley Cup contender. And he said, well, if we're not, what are we even doing here? If we're not challenging for the Stanley Cup, what are we even doing here? But I just like the attitude from from Vlad Domestikov. And he's one of the best. We've had him on this show, and he's he's just a fantastic guy on and off when you're doing an interview or if you're just talking to him but i just thought it was an interesting mindset he wasn't arrogant he wasn't cocky but he just said you know that's what our expectation is that we're going to be a contender
0: well i think everybody talks about all 32 teams going into the start of the year in october and that's the goal but how many really believe it mm-hmm. and i don't know where the belief and the the depth of it was with the jets going in but i'm sure going to tell you that 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 belief and that depth of it has increased as this season's gone along and now you've got this team looking around going hmm you know i think that we are a contender we're beating all the good teams and they've got a few challenges to go here i'd like to see what's going to happen with boston and and toronto and again not looking too far ahead past this game today but you know then also, Vladdy was also interested in saying, but, you know, we, yeah, we have the belief we're here to try to win the Stanley Cup, but there's a lot of hockey to play. <laughs> as well. So from that standpoint, I mean, they understand where they are. They understand those types of questions are going to start percolating more and coming more into the conversations that they have with reporters and media members. But at the same time, they're not hiding from it. But yeah, that's exactly what you're after here. And if you start to look around and feel like, You can be part of that conversation. Why wouldn't you, especially when you're challenging for first place overall in the National Hockey League? Which I will say this: I'm not so sure that the Winnipeg Jets want to beat Presidents Trophy winners. That doesn't, you know, it's kind of like being on the cover of SI, which I guess we're not going to have anymore. (laughs) You know, Um, from that standpoint, I think if you finish second by one point behind the Presidents Trophy winners you'd be probably a little more satisfied with your chances in the playoffs because there's not a lot of symmetry between being the President's Trophy winners and winning the Stanley Cup. I mean, there's been exceptions, there's been aberrations, but consistently it hasn't happened for that team that is first overall at the end of 82 games. By the way,
2: Paulie, I don't care that Sports Illustrated is going under because I still have my Martha Stewart issue, so I'm good. Okay. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that with us, Ezra.
1: (laughs) Is there any way we can cut his mic again? I think we might be all better better off if that happens. Paul Edmonds is going to have the call of the Jets and the Senators later this afternoon. Unfortunately, Paul, we ran out of, we ran out of time to ask you about the pros and cons about being on the road with Mitchell versus Jamie. But maybe that'll be next time. Uh, Absolutely, the show. yeah. Okay, <laughs> less snoring, right, Paul? Yeah,
0: we'll take say a rain that again
1: on that one. Yeah, well, brain check on that one. Exactly right, Paul. Thanks very much. Great catching My up with you, you as nice. always. Have a great call this afternoon. We'll do it again soon.
0: Yeah, thanks. My pleasure. Anytime, guys. Take
1: thanks care. Mom. There he goes. Paulie Edmonds joining us this morning on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. We go to break, and when we come back, more Jets talk. Colby Cohen at, from Daily Faceoff going to join us at the bottom of our number two. Drew Mindell, Dave Manouk, and the mercifully working Ezra Ginsberg here on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show.
4: Keeping Winnipeg laughing for over 30 years. Rumors, Canada's longest-running comedy club, bringing you the biggest laughs from the best comedians on the planet: Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, John Stewart, Dennis Miller, Brad Garrett, the greats, and all the up-and-comers too. When was the last time you laughed out loud? Make it a great night out with friends, or book your office or birthday party, even a fundraising event at Rumors. Get all the details and dates on upcoming shows at rumorscomedyclub.com.
1: Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed.
2: Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos.
1: Yes, that does sound like a problem.
3: What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rollies transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rolie's and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small, just visit Rollies.com, and they will take it from there.
2: Thanks, Dave, and thank you, Rollies Transfer moving and storage online at Rollies.com. Hey, Drew. Ezzy! whoa, what a smile. Yeah, I got my crowns done at Linden Market Dental Center, and they whiten my teeth. I see. They're so bright that every time I smile, they go, We have hockey
5: tonight. Do you have a mouth guard to protect those pearly whites? I sure do. Whoa, they even ting through the mouth guard. Linden Market Dental Center covers all your dental needs, from restorative to cosmetic dentistry, and will fit you with a sports guard for that active lifestyle. 877 Waverly. See LindenMarketDental.com. January
4: at Boston Pizza. Every day is Pasta Tuesday. That means BP's famous pastas start at just $11.99 every single day. Create your own or go gourmet for just a few bucks more. Come on in for Pasta Tuesday pricing any day. Only this January at Boston Pizza. So you're a pizza person. You married a wing person. But somehow your kids are salad people. You can't pick your fam, but you can pick your BP meal deal. Starting from $18.99 for takeout or delivery at bostonpizza.com.
5: We did it! Again! You're on fire, man. There's power in a handshake. After a great game or great deal, it shows professionalism and respect. Two quality Zappia Group Realty take pride in. You don't build a business where 95% of your clients are referred by others without honesty, integrity, and total dedication to client satisfaction. To sell your home for more in less time, shake hands with Frank and Mauro Zappia of Zappia Group Realty. Get started at ZappiaGroup.com.
1: Hour number two of the Illegal Curve Hockey Show starts now, even though we're about eight minutes past the start of the second hour. That's okay. Details, details. Here's a detail you want to keep track of. This coming Wednesday, January 24th, Illegal Curve live at Boston Pizza on Taylor Avenue. Come join us. Watch the Jets and the Toronto Maple Leafs followed by a live edition of the Illegal Curve post-game show. Drink specials, food specials, prizes galore. I'll be there. Dave will be there. Ezzie will be there. It's the Illegal Curve live on location watch party this coming Wednesday for the Jets and the Leafs from the center of the universe, that being Toronto, Ontario. So we hope to see you there on Wednesday evening. But Winnipeg
2: is the center of North
1: America. Yeah, well, the geographic center of North America, yes. Uh, Technically
3: Winnipeg. It's actually closer to Steinbeck.
1: It's it's halfway. It's, there's a big sign. If you drive down Highway yeah. Number One East, you can stop and you know stand underneath the sign if you uh, so chose to do so. And uh, if you did that today, you might freeze if you do so, but that's okay. That's your business and your business only. But uh, you know it is always uh, an entertaining contest when uh, the Jets will head into Toronto to face the Leafs. Just like it'll be an entertaining contest next Saturday when the Leafs will come to Winnipeg to face the Jets. Uh, I'm sure you guys saw the crowd in Edmonton uh, earlier this week uh just as an aside
3: should I you I mean, drew, drew I actually sorry to interrupt it just quickly i think actually made winnipeg fans feel not so bad yeah. because they saw how invaded i was gonna call it northlands coliseum but rogers uh center w- became over in uh in edmonton with so many leaves fans we know that josh merton shout out josh merton's from michigan is flying to winnipeg he's coming with one of his buddies to come watch he's an illegal curve f- follower so we'll we'll give him a shout out he's i wonder if he knows the- chuck hellebuck dave I don't know if he knows Chuck <laughs> Halibut, but I know he's familiar with Wyatt Bongiovanni, and I believe his friend, who's coming with him, is connected to the Giovanni. So uh, he will be in town next weekend. So shout out to Josh, who's making his first trip to Winnipeg. Got he? He DM'd me, said he's got his Adam Lowry jersey, he's ready to go. So if you hey, see Josh great. and his buddy around, uh, make sure you make give him a nice Winnipeg welcome.
1: That's great. Looking at well, congratulations to Josh getting here. To watch Josh game. brought his
3: long long underwear, boys. No, it's gonna I be should- nice next week, as it's plus three. Oh, beautiful. We're bringing really, even the nice it? weather in.
2: Yeah. Plus three? Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. Nice. El Nino's back. <laughs> and, he, the and, Nino,
1: and, and Actually, I <laughs> saw him
3: yesterday. He never went anywhere. Say,
1: he's playing third-line wing for the Jets right now, or second-line wing, depending on uh, if you want to look at the ice time sort of concept. Uh, anyways, let's uh, focus a little bit more on this afternoon's contest between the Jets and the Ottawa Senators. Look, the Senators are the organization is certainly uh, taking a step back from where they expect it to be. We know that there's disappointment. We know that uh, the off season moves haven't worked out. You, uh, Eunice Corposalo, uh as their you know, savior in goal has not been what they had hoped it would be. Uh, I think they may have been fooling themselves a little bit in giving out that contract, but neither here nor there with that. The jets, as I mentioned to Pauly, look, Ottawa can score we know that we've seen the numbers we can see that they can put the puck in the net they you know our their shortcomings of course are on the defense so it's going to be essential for the jets to not play into ottawa's hands which means not play a run-and-gun style against Ottawa, because that's what the Senators want you to do. They want your defensive structure to break down, especially when their top of their lineup is out there, because they can take advantage of that with the goal scores that they have. The bottom of their lineup, it's weak. There's no no sugarcoating that. Their bottom six uh, forwards are weak, and the Jets should be able to take advantage of it. But for the Jets, victory today starts with maintaining their structure throughout the course of this game.
2: Game, I would say not not throwing you under the bus here, Drew, but the it's actually a fallacy about their bottom six being weak. I put together a little bit of a, a stat pack here. Um, I mentioned during the interview with Pauly that the Senators average 3.4 goals a game, which is ninth in the NHL. The Senators have five or more players that have 10 goals. So those players are Claude Giroux, Brady mm-hmm. Kachuk, mm-hmm. Drake Batherson, mm-hmm. Vladimir Tarasenko and mm-hmm. Josh Norris. Dominic Kubalik has nine goals and Tim Stutzla has eight goals. So they've actually gotten, they're not just a, a top heavy team. The other thing I wanted to, but,
1: throw but up- I mean, let me push back. I mean, I, I, your stats are good and, and, and I appreciate you doing that research and everything. But when the Jets are game planning for today's game, They're game-planning against Tim Stutzla. They're game-planning against Brady Kachuk. They're not game-planning against Dominic Kubelik, who's playing a fourth-line role for Ottawa. They're not game-planning for Zach McEwen uh, at the bottom of their lineup. The Jets are looking at that matchup at the bottom of the lineup and saying, this is an area that we should be able to maybe expose a little bit.
2: Yeah, but I'm I'm not saying that... I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying that they're not top-heavy. You said the bottom six is... I think you said the bottom six is bad. I'm just saying that they're actually getting goals. They have sure. three that's good fine. scoring lines. All I'm saying is, like, it's not a Chicago Blackhawks situation or, you know, throw out another team that's top-heavy, the Anaheim Ducks, or something like that. All I'm saying is they're not depending on two or three players to get their goals. They're getting goals from a variety of sources. That's why they, they're they going to soon have seven guys that have ten or more goals. And that's right up there, um, you know, with some of the best teams in, in terms of having – a bunch of good goal scorers, right? The other thing I wanted to mention too, is the Ottawa senators, as opposed to being a a pretty good offensive team, they're one of the poorest uh, defensive teams. They're actually, uh, I think fourth worst in the league and their penalty kill is 30th. And the other thing with not only having a poor penalty kill is the, uh, the senators actually take, hold on. I think they're the, the most penalized team in the league. Hold on. Second, most penalized team in the league. They average 12 and a half, penalties per game whereas the Jets (laughs) average eight and a half minutes so they they average six least four more minutes exactly so all I wanted to bring up with that is that the Jets uh, if they do get a power play and they'll probably get three or four based on this uh, they're facing one of the worst penalty kills in the league the other thing too is that I thought was notable Paulie mentioned the Senators haven't lost any games in overtime or in the shootout Uh, the Senators actually have a winning record at home so they're twelve and eleven at home. Yeah, they've actually only won four games on the road. So again, I think the Jets will win this afternoon. I'm not putting this all out there because I'm a Senators fan or a Senators defender. All I'm what is saying it, send is, lunch. Don't don't necessarily expect the Jets to win this game seven one. And because I said that, they probably will win seven <laughs> one. But all I'm saying is, the Ottawa Senators have a lot of goal scoring threats beyond Brady Kachuk and beyond Tim Stutzla, which and goes back. They're actually they're actually. A, they're actually a pretty decent team that obviously should be a lot higher in the standings. Nobody thought the Jets, the Senators would be last in the East. Just nobody thought that was going to happen. People thought the Sens, you know, might be competing for a wild card spot at this point in the season. So all I'm saying is the Jets, they'll probably get some power play goals today, and the Senators expect, you know, different sources to get their goals.
1: Well, I mean, and I think to my point and and thank you for pushing back on me, Ezzie. that was good. But to my point, Dave, you know, the, that's why the structure for the Jets is, is going to be so essential in, in today's game because Ottawa mm-hmm. does have, uh, you know, some goal, some players who can put the puck in the net and we know who their offensively skilled players are, you know, starting with Stutzla and Kachuk and those guys that, you know, whose names immediately come to mind. But, you know, it, that's why it's so essential for the Jets and they've been very good at this really for the entire, of the year, is to just keep their attention to detail, make sure that the middle of the ice is, is a no-go zone, and then they, should, they have the structure and they have the mindset where I think they should be able to take advantage of a fragile Ottawa team. This would be another one of those games where an early Jets goal, I think, would go a long way.
3: Yeah, and I think we, it's crazy to think we've already been doing the show for an hour and 15 minutes. We haven't mentioned that Mark Schifley won't be playing in well, today's right. game. We should probably have mentioned that at the beginning of the show. I forgot to mention it. Sorry for that. My, you know, Rick Bone has confirmed yesterday that not only is Mark Schifley not playing, but he's, he will be on the road trip, but he's not skating and not working out. So uh, he's receiving I, treatment. Yeah. And again, like I said, it's funny how we were all, when this happened, um, you know, in that game uh, last, well, not last Thursday, but Thursday prior, to last and uh, you know everyone was thinking well is this going to be significant is this going to be significant and we thought it was going to be and then rick bonus the next day said well we're expecting it to be a day-to-day thing well day-to-day with this organization always tends to be a little longer than day-to-day well david or- also sounds like there's a good chance he won't play any of the games
2: on the road trip he's with the team right but he hasn't skated right i think it was mikey mcintyre that asked him that you were there he did. yeah but i'm just saying like again i i hope shifley plays against boston i hope he plays against toronto I'm just my saying guess that the is, way, guess the is, way things are trending, it's a possibility yeah. that he's not going to play any of these games on the road trip.
3: No. And, and I, I, my suspicion, it was interesting because Rick said, well, he'll be reevaluated on, on Monday, but he yeah. will be on the road trip. But I was thinking, well, that's interesting because they do have a practice scheduled for tomorrow in Boston, uh, where he, we'll see if Mark I skates. Ken Weeb is on the trip for the Winnipeg free press. So Kenny will have that call that, that piece of information. Um, but again, again, so I think it's important to just put that out there that Mark Sheffield's is not playing to, in today's game. Mm-hmm. He could play, potentially play on Monday, and he hasn't Boston. skated.
2: I really think that's significant, right? No, because I do. I, if he
3: if he skates tomorrow,
2: obviously, yeah. then there's a chance that he plays on Monday. But like again, guys, you know, I, I hate to, I, I, you know I don't want people to 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 get upset watching live or listening to the podcast. I hope he plays. I want to make that clear. I'm hopeful that he plays, like all Jets fans are. I'm just saying if he hasn't skated. In a week, because right? Because it's been about a week since he skated, right? I don't I'm know if you over. can expect him to play on Monday against Boston when he hasn't even skated yet. That's all I'm saying.
3: No, I agree, I, 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 no. I agree with you. And like I said, that's what my thinking is as is that there my inclination is even we'll see what happens tomorrow. We're, so, like I said, we'll be a tune. Stay tuned. We'll do a practice report. But but ultimately, um, you know, again, this team has shown because Mark Chevley's this will be the third game he's missed. Mm-hmm. Um that they can win when they miss Kyle Connor or Gabriel Velarde or Mark Shifley. They, this team can still stick to the structure. So, getting back to the point that Drew talked about, which is that consistency. And to me, what, what will be very interesting is will this team kind of reward Rick Bonus's faith in giving them that that time off? And like you said, they did a skills day with Dave Cameron on on Thursday. It was not a hard skate by any stretch of the imagination, but ultimately. Will this team, and they had a good practice yesterday, and, you know, again, they were all moving pretty good. But ultimately, will this team stay that, you know, maintain that pressure? Will they be able to, their legs should be fresh, right? We talk about, we were joking when we started the show, talking about how it's been a long time between games and, and you know, we're, the frequency. And again, that's something folks are going to have to get used to during this next stretch. And then we'll talk about it again in March. Just wait till we, March. I was Six, gonna say. 16 games in 29 days. I was going <laughs> to say. Garrett,
2: buckle up, Drew. Buckle up.
3: That's a, let I'm me tell leaving you. town. You're going to get more than, but well, that's fine, Drew. Even when you leave town, you still do shows. So the fact yeah. is, March is going to be heavy. You know, February, the Jan, January and February a little bit lighter, but March is going to be heavy. But ultimately, I again, I think this team has shown consistently. They were a little disjointed. We talked about it again. They they played a good game against Columbus, against Chicago. Even though they got the win late in that game, they just didn't look like they were clicking to the same degree. Philadelphia, they played an okay game. The third period was better. And even in the islanders game it was they played well to point to degrees but it was looked like a team that had you know a little bit of heavy legs Mm -hmm. so ultimately like i said i think this the last few days off will give them some time to get fresh and ultimately, I think they'll reward the coach by sticking to that consistency. And we don't know who the goaltender is. Rick well, Bonas that's wasn't. what I was going to ask you guys. What do you think? So,
1: Rick Bonus yesterday, when asked about the goaltending lineup we'll for the see. next four games, he said that Lauren Prosser was going to get one of the games. Now, yeah. the question is, do you think that's this would be clearly based on the schedule, the easiest of the four before mm-hmm. the break? Yeah. But at the same time, I can't help but think about how good Connor Hellebuck is. Uh, in afternoon games and yeah. he's been off since Tuesday as well. So do you think it's Lauren Brassois do you think it's Connor Hellebuck today and then how, where do you see Bressois getting a game if it's not today?
2: Yeah, it's going to be Brassois or Hellebuck obviously this afternoon. <laughs> way, to,
1: uh, way to go out whoa. there on a... Whoa! That's why you
2: watch the Illegal Curve Hockey show,
1: folks, <laughs> for that kind of analysis. Well, not just two... anybody can come up with that kind of analysis. No. No. It's a good thing he's got that working mic because otherwise we think about the genius we would have just missed out on yeah
2: yeah exactly I'm the village idiot for sure uh no but Drew we talked about this after the game uh between the Jets and the Islanders on Tuesday night's post game show I thought that there was a good chance that Brassois was going to play you're right though Drew I mean you said Hellebuck is good in afternoon games which is true he's also good in evening games in morning (laughs) games he's good in the rain he's good in blizzards he's good on Tuesdays he's good on Fridays uh he doesn't really have many bad days or bad situations right um I think there's a good chance it could be Briswa. I'm gonna put you know, I'm gonna put my reputation on the line. And obviously, right. you know, that reputation is yeah. Uh, suspect. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say
1: so. You're putting nothing on the line. Exactly. Is, is what you're saying. No, I'm
2: gonna I'm gonna say Bressois because I think, guys, we agree. I mean, the Bruins and the Leafs are clearly better teams than the Senators. It's not even yeah. close. So I think we agree that there's a good chance that Hellbuck's gonna play against the Bruins. Was Brosois's last start against the Ducks, Dave? Was that his last um... start? Um, it was either against the Ducks or the Sharks, I believe. I believe so, and he had something like 39 saves. Like he was really good in that game. Yeah, it
3: was it was it was that game against two where yeah,
2: yeah, where they where he made like 37 saves. Yeah, so I, I think it was. I mean, that's over a week ago. That's what ten days ago. Drew's lot. looking his, it up here. His last game that he played would have been No, He played the game against Chicago, okay. January 11th. Oh, he the two one win. Chicago. Okay, so, yeah, so it's right. been nine days. Yeah, so he's due for a start. so, so no he's probably not going to play against Boston. So then, is he going to play against Toronto? Like. The way I, he's I, been playing, I think, though, I think it's going to be Brissaud today. I'm going with Brissaud. Final answer. Okay, as he says, wow. Brissaud.
1: I mean, I tend to think it's going to be Hellebuck, and I think that they might it might be Bressois on on Monday or Wednesday against against. So, Dave, uh,
2: if it's Hellebuck, yeah, I owe Drew a massage. No, and if, it's, if, if it's if it's Lauren Bressois, you owe me an illegal curve sandwich. How about that? You How don't about want a God? massage.
1: I don't want a massage from you. Yeah. <laughs> I would like a massage from a professional, trained, licensed
3: expert in masseuse therapy. You drew, you could, you drew, you could have just said from anybody but Ezzy, and that would have, have been fine. Actually, enough, Naomi
2: yeah. says that I give very good foot massages. I'm just saying. Oh, God help us.
1: Nobody needs to know that. That's great. That's the privacy of your own bedroom. It's important,
2: Drew, to to give your significant other a foot massage every once in a while.
1: Again, I have no quibbles with the concept. I have quibbles with listening to you talk about it. That's Drew,
2: Drew, I'd have gloves on, obviously. You have gloves on when you massage your wife's feet? No, 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 you, no. I'm girl. saying if I massage your feet, I would be wearing <laughs> gloves. The, the, you are not
1: touching How about a my back body. Massage. A back you, massage. How you are that? not touching my body under any circumstances. I love you. Oh, Hold on, Drew. You, you don't, have to, you don't have to worry. You are not touching me under any circumstances.
3: Dylan Webb is going to take this one for the team, and he'll take okay. the Ginsburg massage. There
2: you go. Congratulations, Do we have a massage therapist in the chat? How about this? If there's a massage therapist in the chat or somebody knows a good massage therapist... I will buy. I'm so confident that Lauren Bressois is going to start this oh, afternoon. Save will me, bu- Save me. I will I will spend whatever it is, a hundred bucks and get you a massage if it's hella and net. How about that, Drew? Again,
1: I, I can buy my own massages. I just don't think the right oh, now oh, I'm Dave, I, I someone's get, doing well. I can't get over the hurdle of you talking about massaging me right now. That's massage. That's the the the, the breaking <laughs> point for me at this point. Is that hell of a show we got here? I tell you what, I'd like to apologize to the almost 500 of you that are watching this and probably wondering what the hell
3: you've walked into, except well, although you probably know what you've walked into it. I will say a lot of people are in for the rub. Comet says, I'm in for the rubs. So, I mean, Ezzy, you got some people, if, if Drew is unwilling to, to accept it, you might be able to get a massage line going somewhere. I mean,
2: it seems like Drew is George Costanza right now, and he has a problem with a man massaging him. I I've, been massaged, I've been massaged by other men, Drew. I have been as
1: well. There's nothing I have wrong no, with that. It, it, for again, the record, Mike, I, I have not. My problem is David, with I'm you. My problem is with you. I'd like to point that out for the record. Yeah. It is with the idea. All of right, you, move on, Drew. Come on, you're the one. You're, 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 okay, how about Swing the loser buys
2: the the winner in a legal curve sandwich from Bernstein's? How about how, that? How
1: about we just know How about just no? How about we, how about we move? All? the show along well that's what i was going i mean i no you're you're really... perpetuating it drew come on okay, fine yeah. i will stop yeah. perpetuating it but that i agree wholeheartedly with with really the the idea that the jets and their structure is going to be a key component uh, of this afternoon's game and, and the success that the jets will require will will come from maintaining that structure against an unstructured ottawa senators team let's keep going with our hockey talk on this saturday morning we're thrilled to welcome to the program from dailyfaceoff.com. Colby Cohen joins the show. Colby, good afternoon and welcome back to the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. How are
6: you doing? What's going on, guys? It's uh, it's a good day. It's a Saturday. There's lots of hockey games on. The Australian Open's going. I don't know if any of you guys are tennis fans, but uh, plenty plenty of sports to watch. BU got a big win last night. Your guy's boy, Rector McGrorty looked great for Michigan last night. Ah, uh, what a prospect he is! So yeah, lot, yeah, lots to get into. I'm sure.
1: I don't want to tout my own, tout myself too much, but I do have my tennis plaques up on the wall right behind here, Colby, <laughs> from when I was a, a youth tennis player, and it does say "winner" on these, not just participants. So you know, you're you're talking to you know, when it came to uh, the under twelve Winnipeg tennis scene. That's where I was a Viking. Uh,
6: but uh, Colby Drew
2: models time. this game after Andy Roddick. He's like Winnipeg's Andy Roddick. <laughs>
6: I bet you there's not a lot of outdoor tennis happening in Winnipeg, though. You're probably not getting a lot of days uh, right right this time of year. Like we get the, I'm I'm in outside of Philadelphia. Every now and again, we get 55 degrees, and you know you see people out on the tennis court in long sleeves, just like you do on the golf course. But uh, as I remember, when Paul Stasny, who's who's a good friend, was playing in Winnipeg. He put those Roger Federer shoes away once, uh, you know, (laughs) October rolled around and those babies stayed in his closet until like, let's, uh, let's say uh, May.
1: Yeah, uh, there's very little tennis uh, happening uh, outdoors. You're absolutely right about that. Clay courts, grass courts, snow courts haven't become a thing yet uh, in tennis, but uh, any day now, I'm sure. Uh, obviously, Colby, we brought you on to talk about the, the Jets and the hockey world in general. You've been doing some great work with our friends at Daily Faceoff and our good friend Frank, of course, the driving the bus there. So uh, congratulations on your work there as of late. Uh, given that we're based here in Winnipeg and the Jets are uh, in lofty airs towards the top of the NHL standings, you know, just uh, we're always curious from, from an outsider's perspective. You know, you've been in plenty of dressing rooms. When you see a team undergo a huge transformation in in their style of play from being sort of defensively uh, you know, having defensive shortcomings to being a defensive juggernaut. What does that say to you as, as a former player in, in how they're sort of uh, adapting on the fly to a,
6: to a new style? I think it says everything to do with, with coaching and leadership because I think all these players in the NHL can defend De- defending playing discipline and playing within structure is, is is the only part of hockey that is actually things you can draw up. Okay? The rest of hockey is is free flowing decision making. But as far as playing in a structure and uh playing disciplined, that to me that's that starts with your leaders. As cliché as it may sound, but it's it's not bullshit, guys. I mean, look, you know, there's a new captain in Winnipeg and if you don't think at least from my point of view as an outsider, that that has a lot to do with what's going on. And, you know, I've been between the benches the last couple of years for the Chicago Blackhawks doing their broadcasts. And so I I get to see Winnipeg, you know, frequently. And, you know, Adam Lowry, to me, is such a catalyst for why they're having success and take the offense out of it because I'm not even talking about anything that he ever does with, you know, the offensive zone. I'm talking about just holding his teammates accountable to be disciplined with the puck, having guys not cheat, not try to make that extra move, not try to be a little bit selfish for that extra bit of offense and really buy into what the coaching staff and the leadership group is holding guys accountable to. So like, I I know you guys were talking a little bit about structure and defense before I came on the show Mm -hmm. again, like, it just comes down. Hopefully, to you didn't catch really.
2: that part about the massages, by the way, Colby.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I did not. No, yeah, I didn't. But, but it, it just to me, it's it's just a willingness. Every team in the NHL could defend well, and it's not just defensemen. It's forwards. It's goaltending. That's why the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to continue to be what they are because they're just they refuse to play with that level of discipline that it takes to win when games really get you know, uh, the, the notch gets turned up for games. And, and I think it's one of the reasons the flyers have been successful this year because they, they don't have anywhere near the talent teams like Winnipeg or Vancouver or, or any of the top end teams, but I think they play more discipline than anybody else in the NHL. And I think that starts with their coach.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Colby, I wanted to just switch to the the Philadelphia Flyers because you're from Villanova, and I believe I heard on Morning Cuppa, and you guys do a, a great job. Johnny Lazarus got to give you a plug. Uh, I was listening; the most recent show I listened to was the whole Cutter Goche situation, and I want to <laughs> ask you about that because I do think you know it, it relates to the Jets, and you know, there's a lot of things going on there, obviously. But um, you know, I, I heard you going off a little bit about Cutter Goche, and we had a, we actually had Anthony Sanfilippo on the show uh, last weekend. But you, of course, played for Boston University, uh, one of the top programs in NCAA. You've got Macklin Celebrini, Lane Hudson there this year. Obviously, Cutter Goche, Boston College, big big rival and everything like that. But um, just going back to that whole situation, and and the reason why I think it relates a little bit to the Jets, you mentioned Rutger McGrory, who, of course, is playing for University of Michigan. People are now starting to maybe, some people, not many, because we know Rutger wants to be here, but um, I guess I know you've probably moved on and a lot of people want to move on. But just going back to that, I mean, what do you think other teams can learn from that? Because obviously, you know, I agree with what was said. Cutter Goche wouldn't even talk to guys like John LeClaire and uh, Patrick Sharp, who are in player development for the Flyers. It just seems like, and again, if you can mix, sorry, this is a long, ask Drew or Dave, I'm always long-winded here. Philly's 5-0, okay. and 5-0 oh, oh, since that happened. And it's like, it's almost like the rest of the team said, F you cutter, we're going to go and uh, we're going to go, you know, try to challenge the Rangers for first
6: in the Metro. It it does feel like it's galvanized the team and the fan base a little bit. And I think Philadelphia has always been like that. I mean, growing up, I was a Flyers fan. I'm not anymore. That I, I definitely lost that allegiance, um, you know, probably around 17, 18 years old at the NHL draft. Um and, and you know, it's never come back. So, but I am an Eagles fan. I, I like the Phillies. Um, you know, I, I support the other teams here in Philadelphia. Because, you know, the fan base runs on hate and spite. I mean, they showed up (laughs) at Cutter Gauthier's game uh, at Boston College the following weekend, which, honestly, I liked that. To me, I respect that so much more than going on Twitter with a bullshit picture of someone else and chirping and ripping a teenager, okay? So I I like the fact that they actually did that and they showed up at that game and they heckled them. But, look... I'll be honest with you. I think I even said on my show, you know, and we had Rutger on. I'm such a big Rutger McGroerty fan. Is there something these teams can learn from it? I'm not really sure there is. And the only reason I would say that is because, you know, most kids are just so thrilled to be drafted into the NHL and are just, you know, it doesn't matter what the Jersey is. You know, you might get a chance at some point to go pick your team, play for your team, most hockey players are just not wired that way. I mean, you, you you know, maybe kids nowadays are a little bit different. They're a little bit more ballsy. They're a little bit more unafraid to, you know, use their voice. But, you know, at the end of the day, and and I said this on Morning Cup of Hockey, and and we talked about this, and we had Frank on, and, and you know, I've talked to Scott Hartnell, and I know all the players involved. Like, I know Sharpie from, from Chicago, and, You know, John LeClaire was my favorite player growing up. So there's just a million (laughs) points of connections here. But what what he did didn't bother me because at the end of the day, he had leverage and he exercised it. And, you know, I got to tell you, teams exercise their leverage every single day of the week. Okay. Whether you're a player, whether you're a broadcaster, whether you're a coach, a manager, at the end of the day, nobody, you know, the team does what they want. And so I'm not upset at Cutter Gauthier for for telling the flyers sorry, I'm not coming there. For whatever the reason is, he had the leverage to do it, he did it. What upsets me and what I found to be troubling about this guy is how he did it. The right. disrespect that he showed to the individual parties and the and the organization and the fan base, that's where I had a problem with it. Okay? We've seen players leave for different situations Jacob Truba. He left Winnipeg. He Mm -hmm. had a family situation. His wife Mm -hmm. wanted to practice medicine. I'm sure you guys know the story better than I do. Okay. (laughs) Disappointing. Absolutely. Right. But at the end of the day, these are human beings. Right. And, and, and that's where I kind of drew the line with the whole situation is that I, I just, I don't have a problem with a player using their leverage. What I have a problem with is how you handled it. And, and, um, you know, I know Rucker McGrory since he's a little kid, I played for his father. Um, and let me just tell you, that kid's a, he's a hockey player. Yeah. Like, I don't think it would matter if the game was in the middle of a, of the Arctic tundra or if it was <laughs> in the middle of the desert somewhere, God knows where that kid, once he straps up, he's, he's coming. He is like going to punch you in the face. He's going to run you over and then he's going to score a goal. You know, and then he might take your girlfriend like that's the kind of kid, (laughs) the kind of hockey player he is. He's old school. Right. So, you know, I I said on social media that that's the future captain of the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, I have no idea if he ends up there. What? But I mean, you watch the way he plays at Michigan when he's going. he, He drags that entire team along and there's other skilled players around him. But but that's just who he is. That's his personality. He's a leader. He's a coach's kid. Uh, He eats, sleeps, breathes the game of hockey. And I'm not sure kids nowadays do that. I just don't. I think there's so much other shit going on. I sometimes wonder what the commitment level is for all these guys. I don't wonder with him, you know, so I, 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 I think the Canadian market will love that kid. Like, like Brady Kachuk has become a beloved captain in Canada as an American player um, like Austin Matthews has become a beloved player in Canada as an American Quinn. Hew- I mean, go, go down the list. And so, um, but, but I know, and I'm giving you a long answer, but, but I just don't, I don't know if there's a way around this at this point, because we do know one thing about hockey guys, it's a copycat league. Once someone does it, once a team does something, once a play, other guys go, oh, well, oh, if he did it, then, then, then I think I could do it too. By the, the way, Colby.
2: Colby, can you come on every single week and talk about <laughs> Rucker McGrory Because I think Jets fans would
6: absolutely love that. Yeah, well, I see him play. I, I, you know, I watch a lot of Michigan and I watch a lot of college hockey, you know, on the weekends. I kind of, I kind of dial back the NHL on the weekend and really focus on college hockey. I love watching BU for obvious reasons, you know, very, very connected to the team, the coaching staff and, and, you know, the program, but uh, like last night, I was flipping back and forth between BU and Michigan because Michigan-Michigan State is, is an incredible rivalry. Um, Michigan State has been the better team all season. Michigan really needed some wins this weekend against them to really get themselves back high up the pairwise to put themselves in a good spot here for the push, um, and they shit-kicked them. And, and it started with a rucker mcgrordy goal and yeah. a bunch of points. I, I mean, he's a force.
1: Colby Cohen, our guest, Saturday morning, this is the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. You can listen to Colby every morning, Monday to Friday, on Morning Cup of Coffee. Morning Cup of Hockey, pardon me, on DailyFaceoff.com
3: and the Daily Faceoff YouTube channel. Colby, I can tell you this. Jets fans have never been this excited to watch Michigan games since the 15-16 season when they were watching Kyle Connor just utterly destroy things with the CCM line. So. That was a great
6: line, wasn't it? Oh, man. (laughs) I'm going to
3: tell you because I watched all those games because there was a lot of excitement when the Jets drafted Kyle Connor and watching those games at Michigan. I mean, how he didn't win the Hobie Baker, I still don't understand because he was, and I can't attest to watching a lot of college hockey, but I watched him, and he was absolutely unbelievable.
6: Well, I can tell you this because I'm on the committee for the Hobie Baker. Um, There isn't – there's no – yes, we vote, but there isn't a structure. Like the Hobie Baker is, you know, there, there's no quote unquote criteria. So it's, it's really the it's loose. Right. And, and it's, it's a very diverse group of people between hockey people, media people, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's kind of an interesting thing. This is my third year and will actually be my final year on that committee. Um, You know, after doing it for a couple of years, um, it just was kind of, you know, felt like it was time to, 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 you know, not be a part of that anymore. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I agree with you. Cause I remember that season. I remember doing their NCA tournament game against North Dakota that year. It was actually like maybe the first time I was ever in the booth was that NCA tournament. I'd really never done TV before. And I kind of got thrown in. And I remember that, that line um, in the NCA tournament, we were in the Cincinnati regional that year. Mm-hmm. And, and those guys were special players. So you know, it, it's 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 a good time for a Winnipeg Jet fan to watch the Michigan Wolverines. And don't be surprised with you know the way college hockey is now um you know moving into this whole NIL where players are making money and this and that. Like, you know, more and more. I, I think we're gonna start seeing a little bit more, you know, a uh, Canadian players go the NCAA route. I really do. I think the CHL. Um, you know, has gotten so stringent and they've got all those rules about guys going and playing in the American League too young. And, you know, mm-hmm. like they need to figure that out because I think there's a world where the CHL and the NCAA um, can all kind of coexist at one. But in my opinion, the pendulum is swinging a little bit into the NCAA's purview right now because $50 a week or whatever these OHL kids make or WHL or whatever. I know you guys have a WHL team, right? not anymore no, no, no. they just moved they, they just moved well okay they i moved. mean we have
2: the Brandon we kings in manitoba but yeah the Fair winnipeg enough, yeah. the winnipeg ice left yeah
6: okay yeah i knew there was one at one point um i yeah. knew the american obviously i played in the building as an american league player um you know back back uh Geez, I don't know how long that was again now, but but it's 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 a great time to watch college hockey like it really is. And, and you know, the games are really available everywhere. More and more, I see TSN all over Canada picking up games that I'm doing with ESPN or ESPN Plus or whomever. So,
2: well, I was just going to quickly say you look at Max Celebrini, right? We mentioned him, Boston University, Owen Power, also Canadian to your point, we're talking about the first overall pick. Well, I mean, yeah. Celebrini is supposed to be the first overall pick. But further to your point, right, Colby? Like, I mean, Canadians. There's a reason why
6: Canadians are are choosing to go the NCAA route, right? You just get more time. It's less of a rushed process. And right now, I think um, there's there's this sort of premium on goal ten- American-born goaltenders right now in the game mm-hmm. of hockey. OK, mm-hmm. the pendulum has kind of swung in their favor. And we were talking to Andrew Raycroft about this, who, who's a Canadian guy from, you know, he played in Wellington, Ontario, you know, and then he made his way through through the ranks. And, you know, uh, he actually now does a lot of college hockey. So so this is a guy who really has seen both came through one. But as as sort of a, you know, an analyst now, he's seeing the other side of it. And like Connor Hellebuck, nobody rushed Connor Hellebuck. He didn't Mm. even come to NHL training camps because you legally can't. And so you think about those extra years these goaltenders are getting, these defensemen. You look at the Hughes brothers. They all stayed that second year. They all came out as 20-year-olds. Like, What would have happened if Luke and Quinn Hughes at 19 were still playing um, in in major junior they probably would have had 150 points and they probably would have got a lot of bad habits in their game where staying at Michigan forces these guys to play against 24 sometimes 25 year old guys okay and it forces you you know to, to keep a little bit of that discipline in your game and and again I obviously I'm biased I, I went the college route I cover the game. I do the NCAA tournament. I call the national championship. So I get it. I have bias, but, you know, I'm just seeing general managers that feel more comfortable and less rush with their prospects by letting them go to college and letting them kind of, you know, bake in,
3: in in the NCAA route. Well, and Colby, you know, Colby we, have a perfect, we have a perfect example of that here in Winnipeg, right? You have Chaz Lucius, the 2021 first rounder, who played the one year at Minnesota and then came and turned pro, and then of course, you know, he's dealt with injuries. So that's an unfortunate situation for him. But I just want to ask you about Rutger a little bit because you you are right. He is already a fan favorite. He was here for the development camp uh this summer. And him and Colby Barlow, the 2023 first rounder, they became like stepbrothers. Like it was actually hilarious watching them kind of take over and really become like charismatic and and own uh this city very quickly. But for for a guy like Rutger, do you see him staying longer at Michigan or do you think this could, and I'm not, I mean, obviously I'm not asking you to reveal anything. If you know, yeah, no, I don't know just, the
6: answer, but I'll tell you my opinion. No problem.
3: Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's what so. I'm curious about your opinion, <laughs> just in terms of the benefits of, you know, we, cause again, we've seen it with guys. Kyle Conner was a one and done Jacob Truba stayed the two years. And obviously there's always that concern, right. And especially like you said, now there's more. So it's like, well, if a guy stays a third year, is he going to stay a fourth and, and right. that sort of thing. So in terms of Rutger, what do you see his sort of route being with uh, turning pro?
6: Yeah. So I remember talking a lot with his father, his freshman year. um, And I just kept saying, don't rush him. Don't rush him." I see some of these other kids at Michigan are in a rush. Don't, don't buy it in. Okay. You don't make your money on your first contract. Okay. Your money comes when on your second contract, the last thing you want to do is leave Michigan to go play in the American hockey league. When you have things left on the table at that level. Um, Now fast forward, obviously, Now I watch Rutger play at Michigan and I think that's a guy who looks like he's ready to be a pro. So, you know, I think he absolutely made the right decision to come back for his second year. Now I think it's going to be up to him. I really do. And and obviously the team and, and you know, his family, I know his family's super tight knit. They make decisions together. Uh, They're always together. The both of his parents, his sister, they're, they're such a great supportive cast for him. But look, I look at his game and and I I do believe he's ready to take the next step. I really do. He's not a guy who worries me because let's just say he does take the step and he starts, you know, in the American Hockey League next year. That kid is going to will his way through that American League roster, will his way through that American League depth chart. Like he's not a guy that I worry about having to go deal with the bus rides and, play the three and threes. And I know that that stuff is a little outdated in the American league. I know the three and threes aren't happening as much anymore. Still do um, them. they do, but not every weekend like we, no. we did, you know, yeah. I mean, we did one every single weekend other than we flew up to either Newfoundland or Winnipeg to play two games in, in one of those cities. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, he looks to me like a guy who's ready to go. But he also, guys, is a guy who feels like a, an unfinished business type of guy. And if he feels that his team underachieves this year, or potentially is going to be the captain at Michigan next season, which I could very well see happening, which is a, an, an incredible honor and hard thing to do at college hockey to have a, an underclassman in, a, t, on, in an, a sport that has older teams. You know, you could have, he could be a 20 year old captain with 25 year old seniors right? Role types of players. So he may be a guy who says, I want to be captain and I want to win at Michigan. And let me tell you, that is the farthest thing from a red flag. Okay. That is a breath of fresh air. A guy who wants to win. He's not worried about his own stats. And and that's what you get with him. Like he he's never going to care about his stats. This kid, he's going to care about team winning. You look at the world juniors, you look what he went through. He was not healthy, especially, you know, the early parts of the tournament, um, you know, he, he, he lays that hit in that gold medal game, which to me just changed the entire tone of that hockey game, brought such a level of confidence to his team. Um, like who, who are these punks? They got nothing on us. And again, that's just who he is as a player. So is he ready? Yeah, I think he's ready guys. You know, Dave, I I think he could potentially challenge for an NHL roster spot next year, but Is it going to hurt him to play a third year? No. If if he does go back for that third year, do you worry about him being a senior? Probably not. Because at the end of the day, you're seeing what Cutter Gauthier did. I think other players could do the same thing if they truly wanted to. Um, But... You know, I, I he, to me, he's the type of kid who's ready. He's a pro. He plays like a pro when you watch him, sort of with his attitude and his skill set on the ice.
3: Well, Kobe, I'll tell you this: if he ends up in the American Hockey League with the Moose, I'll be excited because I cover them extensively. So that'll be that'll be a little uh, fun guy to cover next year, no question about it. Last yeah,
1: question well, I have for you, Colby, is about you mentioned you played for uh, Rutgers. Dad, Jim, with the Lincoln Stars of the USHL. You know what was as a coach. You know what was Jim's focus and you know and, and, and sort of uh, entity that that you think was translated down to Rutgers.
6: Well, details. You know, and and uh, you know all the qualities that I kind of went through earlier when I was talking, and I, I know I was kind of saying it with a little bit of humor, but I truly meant it. You know that. That I'll punch you in the face on my way to scoring a goal, and and I think I think uh, Jim, you know Jimmy, deserves a lot of credit because this kid is is an old school hockey player. I think he's the type of player we all kind of crave, right? He's that power forward who you know takes no prisoners, who you know goes and stands in front of the net and will take an absolute you know shit kicking while trying to score a goal. He's the player that you know drags teams into the fight on a game where they're not ready to play or they're not you know there with their A game and and I think a lot of that comes from Jimmy you know he was the assistant coach in Lincoln when I was there and um I remember you know the following year he became the head coach or maybe you know I believe it was the following year Jimmy became the head coach um and you know I remember my friend Jimmy Hayes you know um who we all know, it's a terribly tragic thing that happened to Jimmy, but Jimmy was, was playing at the U S national team, but he was too young to go to college hockey, still needed another year of high school. And he didn't know where he should go. And I remember getting on the phone with Jimmy and selling Jim McGroity. And I know we're talking about two guys with the name of Jim now, but (laughs) I sold Jimmy Hayes on Jim McGroity on what kind of guy he was, what kind of coach he was, he was going to teach you how to play tough. He was going to hold you accountable. But he also, you know, guys, he wasn't an asshole. He wasn't a prick. He was the type of player, player's coach that you respected and that you made the right plays for because you didn't want to have to go look him in the eye if you made a hot dog type of decision or a hot dog type of play because he treated you even at a young age with such respect. And I think a lot of that is worn off on Rutger. Um, and when you ask Jimmy about it, he gives his wife all the credit. Um, and says he had nothing to do with it it was all his wife um, Cindy but you know at the end of the day like he just has all the qualities that a captain should have you know I I, I watch the way Adam Lowry plays and and I know Rucker, you know has a lot more skill than Adam Lowry but but there's a lot of similarities the way he kind of goes around and he patrols the ice and he looks after his teammates and he you know, is the guy who stands up on the bench and he's not, and he knows when to get into the refs and he knows when to challenge, you know, back on certain things. So I think some of those qualities drew are, are what sets him apart and what makes him a boy, you know, a natural leader. Um, And, and look, I I think we're going to get to see that as, as Michigan, I believe they're 12th in the pairwise rankings right now, but, they're going to have to win some games to make sure that, you know, they've got to buy into the tournament and they don't need their conference tournament to get in. And then from there, it, it's going to fall on, you know, Rutger and, and some of those other players. But, you know, Rutger drags guys like Frank Nazar, who's another first round pick. He, he drags him into the game. Right. You know, Seamus Casey and some of the other big names. And, and he kind of, you know, stirs up that drink. So um, I think a lot of those are why we always love a coach's kid. There's always a thing about a coach's kid. Look, look at Adam Lowry. He's a coach's kid, right? There's a certain type of guy that's a coach's kid. We've seen it time and time again. And, and I think Rutger, you know, hits the nail on all those things.
2: Absolutely. And, and Colby, just one last question for you. And it's, it's non NHL related. Like, you know, you can look at our names. We're all members of the tribe, which means we're, we're Jewish. Of course, Colby knows that. Um, But just for those who might not know what that reference means and, I wanted to ask you about the whole situation with the Israeli national team. And and obviously, we're not going to get into p- geopolitics or anything like that, because obviously, you know, we all agree that war is awful and we don't want anybody to lose their life in any type of armed armed conflict. But specifically asking you about the decision of the IIHF to ban Israel and then obviously the NHL getting behind Israel and then Big the I, IIHF re- reversing their decision, right? It, it also helps that Gary Bettman happens to be Jewish, right? Well, but I, I don't think it's just that, but I guess what is your take on, on that whole situation? Because obviously, you know, we should mention there's a division three world under 20 championship coming up in Bulgaria. So that's what team Israel was being banned for for participating in. Now they can participate in that tournament. So just what was kind of your overall take on that? It's a scary time we live in right now. There's a lot of antisemitism yeah. and you've been a really, I think strong voice for the Jewish community, so I yeah. commend you for that.
6: Well, first off, I appreciate that, and you know, now that my paychecks don't come from uh, from a team, uh, <laughs> I, I'm not afraid to say what's on my mind, and and I'm an opinionated person. I own that they're my opinions. Everybody is entitled to their opinions, um, even opinions I don't agree with. I think, hey, that's totally fine with me. You have your opinions, and you know, I've got. You know, this hanging behind me, which I'm sure is something that you guys, you know, recognize what that is, obviously says, you know, bring them home. Um, I think we all know what that means and what that's about. But, you know, w- w- as regards to the Israeli national team, I think the IIHF made a very short sighted decision. I think they were facing pressure from some outside sources. And, you know, I know we don't want to get into a political talk, but I think a lot of it had to do with politics um, mm-hmm. and, and pressure. And I I just thought it was the wrong decision. I think it sent the wrong message. Um, You know, I think in a lot of these conflicts that we're seeing around the globe, I think we have to remember that, you know, most people are like us. We don't want to have wars. We don't want to see people getting injured. Doesn't matter. Even if you don't agree with them, you don't like them. You don't want to see innocent people injured. And I think You know, athletes, unfortunately, get dragged into these things, you know, and players are not allowed to represent their countries if if international um, federations feel like their countries are doing the wrong things. And, you know, you you could really go around and pull athletes in every sport. Nobody wants to see bad things happening anywhere. And so I think the decision was short-sighted. I think it sent the wrong message. I think it's supported the wrong message. A lot of what we're seeing with the anti-Semitism around the, you know, the U S Canada around the world. I mean, guys, my DMS are filled with death threats with, you know, people saying things to me that, you you know, I mean, keyboard warriors left Mm -hmm. and right. I mean, it's, it's, it's so disgusting just because I'm voicing my opinion. And, and again, Everybody gets to have theirs. Now, I will commend the NHL, USA Hockey, the DEL, all of these bodies that stood up. And look, I know Gary Bettman's not going to take credit for something like this. And and it's actually, he's completely kept his name out of this whole thing. Bill Daly was the one who did all the speaking. But the NHL had a lot to do with flipping this ban, And USA Hockey as well did a lot to help Flip this band, you know, Pat Kelleher and his team out in Colorado Springs is the executive director of USA Hockey. I mean, when they saw this thing, they were all like, couldn't believe what they were seeing. You know, leagues in in Germany, the the head of that league stood out and said something. So I think they did the right thing. They had the influence. They made the IIHF realize that how much of a bad decision this was. Um, They changed their decision. They're going to get to play as they should get to play. And, you know, I think, look, um, I, you know, again, short-sighted decision. I was pretty harsh on the IIHF. The IIHF does a lot of things that, uh, you know, bother me. I, I don't think it's a well-run organization. I think they've got a lot of problems in the way that they do their tournaments, the way they award their tournaments, the refing in their tournaments is bad. The way some of the matchups, the way some of the you know other levels are treated, whether it's the women's you know worlds issues and this and the, like, I just think they make a lot of bad decisions at the IIHF, and I think there's bad leadership at the top of that group. I think the guy's name is Luke or Luke Tardif or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think he needs to go. Um, because again, it's always an issue when the IIHF is involved. So happy to see this decision reversed. You know, I've been in pretty close contact with people, um, you know, at the Israeli ice hockey, you know, league at the top, you know, people who kind of represent them in, in various roles. We've had a lot of conversations and and. I've really done everything that I could do behind the scenes to kind of represent. And, and, you know, I know I have a team Israel Jersey that's being sent to me, which is super cool. They were asking (laughs) me if I wanted the blue or the white. I said, guys, I'm not picky. I'll take whatever. And I will rock that thing proudly. You know, I've got, I've got my team Israel tape on the bottom of my stick right now, which is really cool. Something someone on Twitter was doing and I've handed it out to you know, a bunch of other Jewish hockey players. So, you know, I'm super proud of, of who I am and where I come from and where my family's, you know, roots and, and origins are. And I'm, I will continue to support and and, you know, advocate and really stick up for everybody because I know a lot of people are in a tough situation where they're afraid to speak their mind. Um, because of the way cancel culture works. And, you know, for me, I, I just don't care. I really don't. I, I'm going to say how I feel. I'm going to be genuine about it. I'm open. I'm open to hear other people's opinions on why I could potentially be wrong. I'm always trying to learn more about certain situations. So, you know, I just don't have anything to hide. And, and I'm going to continue to be that way and advocate for the things that I feel strongly about.
1: Colby, you're a minch,
2: Colby, you're a mensch. Yeah, appreciate colby you
1: thank you for this thank you for your time this morning thank you for your insight a great appearance here on the show and we'll do it again real soon
6: yeah thanks for having me on guys and hey i i you guys could be could be watching hockey into june this year i i think you guys have a, have quite an exciting opportunity you got the best goaltender in the nhl um you know i i would love to see rick bonus you know add that one to the to the case because man there's not many people that are easy to root for than, than Rick bonus. I, I, he, he's, you know, he's a mensch if we're going to use that word, he's a great human being. And so, you know, pulling, pulling for him and, and we'll see what happens this year guys. Thank Hi, you, Colby.
1: Colby. We'll do it again real soon. There he goes. Colby Cohen joining us this morning. Morning Cup of Hockey on the DailyFaceOff.com uh, and the YouTube channel. We're into overtime. We'll take one final break. We'll come back. We'll talk about the Jets and the Sens, and we'll wrap this morning's show before the post-game show later this afternoon. Drew Mindell, Dave Manuk, Ezra Ginsberg with you. Keeping Winnipeg laughing for over 30 years. Rumors Canada's longest running comedy
4: club bringing you the biggest laughs from the best comedians on the planet Jerry Seinfeld Chris Rock John Stewart Dennis Miller Brad Garrett the greats and all the up-and-comers too when was the last time you laughed out loud make it a great night out with friends or book your office or birthday party even a fundraising event at Rumors get all the details and dates on upcoming shows at rumorscomedyclub.com
1: whoa Ezzy everything okay you look stressed
2: of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos!
1: Yes, that does sound like a problem.
3: What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rollys transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit rollies.com and they will take it from there.
2: Thanks, Dave, and thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at rollies.com. Hey, Drew. Ezzy, whoa, what a smile. Yeah, I got my crowns done at Linden Market Dental Center and they whiten my teeth. I see. They're so bright that every time I smile, they go, We have hockey tonight. Do you have a mouth guard to protect those pearly whites? I sure do. Whoa, they even ting through the mouth
5: guard. Linden Market Dental Center covers all your dental needs from restorative to cosmetic dentistry and will fit you with a sports guard for that active lifestyle. 877 Waverly. See LindenMarketDental.com.
4: This January at Boston Pizza, every day is Pasta Tuesday. That means BP's famous pastas start at just $11.99 every single day. Create your own or go gourmet for just a few bucks more. Come on in for Pasta Tuesday pricing any day, only this January at Boston Pizza. So you're a pizza person, you married a wing person, but somehow your kids are salad people. You can't pick your fam, but you can pick your BP meal deal. Starting from $18.99 for takeout or delivery at bostonpizza.com. We did it again. You're
5: on fire, man. There's power in a handshake. After a great game or great deal, it shows professionalism and respect. Two quality Zappia Group Realty take pride in. You don't build a business where 95% of your clients are referred by others without honesty, integrity, and total dedication to client satisfaction. To sell your home for more in less time, shake hands with Frank and Mauro Zappia of Zappia Group Realty. Get started at ZappiaGroup.com.
1: Big thanks to Colby Cohen for joining us. Big thanks to Paul Edmonds for joining us earlier on the show. In case you missed either of those interviews, the podcast will be up shortly. And, of course, the instant replay available on our YouTube channel. According to Ken Weeb, as part of the warm-up game day newsletter that the Free Press uh, distributes, the expected goalie duel for tonight, or this afternoon, rather, Connor Hellbuck versus Eunice Corpusalo. So, so it looks like Drew's
2: getting a massage. <laughs> yeah, God help me. There is no...
1: In any event, we'll see if that ends up coming to fruition in about uh, three hours' time.
2: Maybe Lawrence the... plays one of those games against the Leafs then? I mean, it has to be, unless he plays against Boston.
1: It would be one or the other, you would presume. So we will find out more about that a little bit later on this afternoon. Illegalcurve.com will have all the latest. And, of course, Dave and I will be back later this afternoon for the Illegal Curve postgame show right around 4.45 or so, somewhere around that after the Jets and the Ottawa Senators. So be sure to join us back here for that, after this afternoon's contest, want to say a big thank you to all of the sponsors of Illegal Curve who make the post game show, the Saturday show, and the website a possibility. Our friends at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, Grid Park, where you can use code Illegal Curve to park for free, Linden Market Dental Center, Zapia Group Realty, Betway. Tough Duck, Boston Pizza, Seagram's, Roly's Transfer, and of course, Farmery Beer, number two, Donald Street. Get over there. Get yourself some Illegal Curve Lager also available on all of the, your favorite delivery apps. These fine companies support illegal curve hockey so as a result you should support them a lot of moose news and notes we'll do a manuk moose minute on the post game show later on put on your
2: antlers it's time for the manuk moose minute on the illegal curve hockey show
3: oh my 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 arms are crossed right now so that was not me who pressed that button
2: (laughs) <laughs>
1: no, I wasn't. Uh, you know, I, I, okay. If you're going to do this, I'm going to go. Cause I have to be somewhere. It's now five after 11. So are you doing the moose minute now? or Are you going to do it this afternoon on the post game? Oh, you
2: can
3: go get your pedicure now. Bye. <laughs> really? You're leaving and he's gone. All right. Well, we've lost Drew Mendel, but that's okay. Cause we've got Dave Manuk and Ezra Ginsburg and we're taking this into overtime. Uh, folks will uh, appreciate that, but uh, Drew doesn't appreciate it, but The folks, oh, hold on, Drew's back. Why is he drew back? I thought Drew was leaving. As he, did you bring Drew back? Stop bringing Drew back. Don't bring Drew back. Anyways, look, quickly, we'll get into the Manuk Moose minute, uh, which apparently, uh, yeah, Frosty saying, "I pulled a Marvel post-credit scene." Frosty, it wasn't me. This was a Drew. This was an escapade. Ez, hold on, hold on, hold on, Dave. We
2: did just talk about it, and we planned this. So I mean, you did. You that were aware true. that I was going to do this. I did know that you were going to do it. Dave, I did. The reality is, do we really need Mendel for the mo- Moose nuke
3: minute? I mean, no. I think it's better if he leaves. Let Drew go get on with his Saturday morning. That's fine. You and I will. uh Hey, look. The only the only reason why we want the show to be and relatively quickly is for the folks who want to download the podcast. We want them to be able to listen to it before the Jets and Senators get going at 2 o'clock, which, of course, you'll be joining Drew and I for the postgame show. I'm sure he'll have some things to say on that show. But just to quickly get into it, the Moose, we're going into last night's game uh, having lost seven straight. And, of course, without Chaz Lucius, I'm still waiting to get an update. Uh, head coach uh, Mark Morrison told me that uh, he had seen a specialist. Uh, just to give folks an update on the 2021 first rounder, he had seen a specialist he didn't specifically say it was about his ankle, but, but the week, uh, January January he told me that he was dealing with an ankle issue. So I suspect it is the ankle with Chaz Lucius. So he will hopefully get an update maybe today or on Monday, uh, on him. And then of course, Brad Lambert didn't play last night. He was a possibility. Uh, Mark Morrison told me on Wednesday for playing this, uh, this weekend on the Saturday game being tonight. But, uh, Brad Lambert didn't practice with the team until yesterday. And when he did, He practiced in a yellow non-context. So Brad Lambert, not expected to play tonight, uh, but you probably could see him Tuesday, Thursday when the Chicago Wolves are in town. I'll be doing color on the Tuesday night game. Of course, Wednesday, I'll be at Boston Pizza. So I won't be able to be downtown watching that game. We'll have tickets to give away. I've given away all the tickets for tonight's game, of course. But uh, we will have to talk about last night's game, he, because the Moose uh, went into action against Grand Rapids 11 straight games. Now, the Moose right now, as folks know, are a last place team in the Central, but they're not that far back that if they start to win a few games, they could get themselves into the mix. And they have the opportunity to make some of that hay with 11 straight games against their Central Division rivals. And starting with the Grand Rapids Griffins, we saw Michael Hutchinson. He was at Hockey for All Center walking around yesterday and uh, or the day before, I should say, and uh, getting ready to practice with his Grand Rapids team. He's got the long hair now, Michael Hutchinson. He does. He does. uh, Looking a little bit like a bond victim. But ultimately, the scoring was opened by Grand Rapids. But a minute later, Thomas Caron, he's a big, tough kid out of Quebec. He scores his first goal uh, of the season. He only played five games He's been the ECHL otherwise but of course with some injuries he's getting an opportunity and the moose didn't start there as he stopped there i should say because nikita chibrikov the 20 what is he a 2021 second rounder of the jets he scored his 11th goal he actually took over the points lead for brad lambert he has 26 now on the season he scored a nice power play goal parker ford got set him up uh with a nice,
2: nice play it was it was i don't know would you call it a snapshot
3: yeah, yeah, it was a, it was it was a, a very time. nice like,
2: shot, like top cheese, right? Like, yeah. yeah, and you know this, Dave, better than I do because you watch all the moose games. Like, yeah, Chiberkov, he's got speed, he's got and, and the thing you've talked a lot about is he's got a kind of uh tenacity yeah. to his game. He's not the biggest player, right? Because he's only nope. about what five ten, five eleven, something like that. Chibrikov, but he's he's kind of got that um I don't know what who you know, almost that Alexei Kovalev. Remember, like he Kovalev had an edge to him, obviously yeah. he was a was a great offensive player, but I just love that snapshot. Like Chibrikov's shot has really impressed me.
3: No, it, it is very good, Ezzy. And, and he's he's a good young prospect uh, in the system. And so he scored his eleventh goal of the season a few minutes after Thomas Caron tied the game. And they didn't stop there. CJC, after a nice play by Jeffrey VL behind the net, uh, for Sebastian Costa to turn over the puck, and then VL put it in front, and CJC scored his fifth goal of the season. Uh, he was what was what was CJC says he was a 2014 fifth rounder i think maybe yeah that That's sounds right that yeah. sounds right but uh we would have been at that draft in philadelphia watching cj get get selected but ultimately uh he scores to make it 3-1 so they score three goals in the opening period and they look like they're in cruise control because right after killing a penalty to i can't remember who it was to. i mean i, I think it was to simon lundmark but right after they c- killed the simon lundmark penalty jeff malott showing some speed scoring his ninth goal of the season so now it's a four-one game for the Moose, and you're like, "Well, the Moose are in cruise control." Well, they have a bit of a, a hiccup; they give up a goal late in the, uh, not late, but late-ish in the second period, make it a four-two game, and then early in the third period, Dominic Shine makes it four-three, and you're like, "Okay, well, the Moose—they're going to lock it down. They're going to—they're going to not make any mistakes." To, to you know, they—they they, they know how critical this win is, in a regulation win uh, is especially for Grand Rapids, who was the fourth-place team in the Central. Well, unfortunately for the Moose. What did they do? They took another late penalty. Jeff Malott gets called for high sticking. So the Moose are in the penalty box when uh, they give up a power play goal with a minute and 41 seconds to go in the third period tie game. You're like, okay, well, it's going to overtime. They'll get a chance. And Kyle Bianco almost scored a beauty. Ville Hainola had some chances. Yeah, but it was a nice eight-
2: end-to-end rush by Capo Bianco. Yeah. By the way, all of this is based on all the videos you've clipped <laughs> and posted on IC Dave on Twitter, Dave. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I was loving it because I felt like I was watching the whole game just based on what you were posting.
3: Well, that's why I try and do that. So people who don't get a chance to watch the games can feel like they have some sort of insight into what's happening with the AHL team of Manitoba. And, uh, it was a four, it was a yeah four, all game going into overtime and, uh, just a very unusual play where it looked like really the moose were, you know, had control and then it, Grand Rapids was going for a line change, and there's just a you know a, a kind of a t- Marco Casper takes a aggressive stance, goes right at Colin Delia. and there's two Moose players, and the two Moose players end up banging into Colin Delia and it's called no, the puck looks like it goes in the net. It's initially called ruled a no goal, uh, but after a lengthy review, as he I think it was the third second or third song at least, uh, they did determine that the puck had crossed the line, so it was called a good goal, and the Moose lose. Five four to Grand Rapids. So tough situation for the Moose uh to to lose that game. Yeah, obviously they get a point, but one single point isn't good enough for this team right now. If they're no. again if they want to make the playoffs and they may get the benefit of some guys, you know, getting sent down because again, if Mark Scheifley's back sooner rather than later, that's gonna necessitate a move. So you expect like a guy like Axel janssen Fielby yeah. will be sent back down and then I potentially- think I think
2: it will be him. I think originally you would think it would be Dom Tonanato. Dave, but I think you're absolutely right that Janssen yeah. Fialbi makes the most sense. I mean, I guess yeah. there always is the chance that Gus Bus uh,
3: goes down, but it's, it's hard to
2: say, right? Like Gustafson is just now back in a regular
3: jersey, right? Yeah, and, and Rick Bonus was asked about him and he said he's not yet cleared to play by the team. So, I mean, they'll he'll remain on IR uh, even though he's in a regular uniform. But ultimately, like I said, it, it'll be interesting to see, but the Moose can definitely use those reinforcements. Billy Hainola... Huge benefit to the, him being down with the Moose. Had an extensive uh, conversation with him. If you didn't get a chance to see that. He has a really good attitude. Wants to be in the NHL, but he understands why he's in the AHL and, and what he needs to do. So if you didn't see that, that is on our YouTube channel. As are all the interviews we do with the Moose players or the Jets players. Everything ends up on our YouTube channel. Okay, you well, that was an extended Manuk minute because Manuk Moose minute, sorry, because we have no Mandel. Somehow it's 11.15, 15. And uh, we're still doing the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. This is like the old days when we were a three-hour show, folks. Just remember, this used to be a three-hour show until I finally put my foot down. I said, three hours is too long. We're just going to do two. But speaking of shows that are going to go long, Ezzy, why don't you give – we're going to end here with you giving a little preview of what's to come in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Oh, thanks for that, Dave. I appreciate
2: that. Two weeks from now, I think a lot of people in the chat know that it's going to be the official 15th anniversary of the illegal curve hockey show, not, not, uh, exactly 15 years, but one day off yeah. February 4th, 2009 was our first illegal curve hockey show. I actually think it was called the illegal hockey show at that point, Dave, I know you'll love that as you are the, the editor and master of our website, illegalcurve.com. but yeah, it's going to be our 15th anniversary show. We're not going to give away who the guests are going to be, um, but I think we're planning on going a little bit longer, probably about two and a half hours to celebrate 15 years of the Illegal Curve hockey show. We should mention it's actually been 17 years of the website. 2007 is when we started illegalcurve.blogspot.com. Yeah. It wasn't even yeah. illegalcurve.com at that point, True. it was illegalcurve.blogspot.com. So the website and radio show have been around for 17 years, which I know Dave, Drew, uh, and I are very proud of the longevity. That's almost two decades. Yeah, I know. So, it, so it's, it's pretty incredible when you think, like, I don't even, re- how old was I in 2009? 26, 25? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it's, uh, you know, pretty incredible. So, Drew is 60. Yeah, exactly. Drew is 60. So, you know, we're going to ring in Drew's 77th birthday with the 50th <laughs> anniversary of the Illegal Curve <laughs> Hockey Show. But yeah, we're looking forward to it. So hopefully everybody in the chat, everybody listening to the podcast is going to be able to tune in. We have some some fun things planned uh, for that show to celebrate. And like I said, we're not going to give it away because we want to keep it a surprise, but stay tuned to Twitter and, and Instagram and Facebook and everything like that. And, uh, we're going to have some fun stuff that we've got cooked up for the next couple of weeks leading up to the show.
3: There you go. That's the final word of today's Saturday morning illegal curve hockey show. He is Ezra Ginsburg. I am Dave Manuk. Drew Bindell was here, but he has left. So it's been a fun filled and adventurous uh, Saturday morning. We appreciate you spending however much time you've spent with us. Of course, you can listen to the, you can watch the immediate replay. If you missed any of this show on our YouTube channel, make sure you've hit that subscribe button. Please, before you go, make sure you throw down a like if you can. And again, this is my own personal plea. I do this pretty much every week. Some people think it's annoying, but I still do it. If you can, drop a comment. We love the comments. Helps the algorithm. And that's always good for us. So thanks very much for joining us. And again, as a reminder, we still have lots of content. You're coming your way on IllegalCurve.com. And of course, the Illegal post game show after the Jets and Senators will be available on our YouTube page. And then if you really want to stay tuned to us, he, I will, have, of course, have the recap from the Jets and Jets from the Moose and Grand Rapids-Griffins games tonight on IllegalCurve.com. So stay tuned for that. Anyways, thanks very much for joining us on this Saturday morning. I'm Dave Nuke. He's Ezra Ginsberg. This has been the Illegal Curve Hockey Show.
0: Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.